Conversation cussing and a discussion with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 16th day of January, 2023. It is the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Birthday officially observed celebration. It's a brand new week. It's also Moran Monday. And quite honestly, it's, uh, it is fitting. And, I, and this is not being said smart-assedly or disrespectfully. It is fitting that the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday falls on Moran Monday every year because there is, uh, well, every every uh, Dr. King holiday brings out the right-wing Morans. Um, in, shall we say, rich profusion. Hi, I'm Robin, and uh, we'll get into Moran Monday here in a moment. Uh, we're, uh, uh, okay, uh, no, uh, sorry, I guess I was a couple of minutes late. I was trying to slurp down some soup to keep from falling apart. Hey, uh, just a quick update for those of you who are following and um, concerned and whatnot. Had my lowest number so far over the weekend and then the lowest number so far this morning. Uh, I took my morning blood sugar and it was 120. So hopefully that's a, that's a good sign and we're moving ever downward toward... And it'd be great to wake up in the morning and have it be in two digits and not three. So... Uh, yeah, that, that that was encouraging, and I'm slowly getting used to being hungry all the time. So consequently, with a couple of minutes before uh, airtime, uh, Annette brought me a bowl of soup, which I was enjoying and didn't happen to notice 5 o'clock had come. So that's, that's on me. That's my fault. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So thanks go out to our 16th, 15th, and 14th day of the month subscribers in this uh, desperate attempt to uh, 
keep the bills paid, the lights on, and a car in the driveway. Um, so thank you very kindly to our pal Zed in uh, in Iowa, and thank you to uh, Mark. Thank you, Mark, and thank you to Reinhardt on the Virginia coast. Um, thanks as well uh, to Robert. Thank you, Robert. And thank you to our pal Jessica. And uh, thanks to Gary and Gaia jumping in. Thanks to an anonymous friend of the program who finished off our uh, our fundraising for last week, so that you know today we just have the regular fundraising goal of three hundred dollars. Thank you all so very much. These are some tough months. Hopefully, it'll get easier as the month as as we move into the year, and maybe we're you know heating a little bit less, that kind of thing. But this is a this is a stressful time, and I'm. I appreciate every, all of your help in making sure that this program continues to exist. Sincerely, thank you. Thank you. It is Moran Monday on the Horn. And I suppose, uh, given the Moranity involved, that we should probably do the, the, the whole Moran Monday uh, shtick. You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, you know, morons. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right up. You will not believe your ears. It's Moran Monday on the horn. That's right. The Moran Monday Traveling Tent Show has arrived, yes, here on this 16th day of of January 2023. Set up not far off the Carnival Midway, just steps away from where only moments ago you were throwing ping pong balls at goldfish bowls in a vain hope of taking home a precious, adorable baby iguana. Mm -hmm. But now, over here, behind these thin cybernetic veil of a cybernetic canvas waits an absolute treasure trove of Morans. We've got them all. Birthers, deathers, ninthers, tenthers, baggers, birchers, booger eaters, libertarians, maggots, trumpanzees, republicans. Oh yes, we've got them, like I said, in rich profusion. And you will be amazed. And you know, the Moran Monday tent travels from city to city on a most frugal budget for little more than the cost of not even a half a stick of chewing gum per program, you too can help keep the Moran Monday uh, Monday Traveling Roadshow traveling. Uh, We're talking about a $10 a month subscription. We need new subscribers. You know, every month our pal Zed out in Iowa provides um, an incentive to subscribe, doubling uh, up to five ten dollar a month subscriptions and that is still out there and available so if you'd like to become a subscriber kick in and zed will double your first month subscription and uh if we get all five he even kicks in a little bit to help brad and desi over at the green news report so that's a that's a wonderful deal all the way around at any rate though as you enter the moran monday tent 
Please keep a close eye and a close hand on rings, bracelets, bangles, watches, jewelry, necklaces, uh, piercing adornments, children, small animals, including iguanas, purses, shoulder bags, European-style messenger bags for the guys... Yes, because the Morans can get grabby. Head for the hills or you'll be up to your armpits in Morans. Not kidding. This is for real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I thought with this being the uh, Dr. King holiday, we would start with some Moranity that's taking place in Boston. Mm -hmm. Boston, where, in fact, uh, when they were students... Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his beloved soon-to-be wife then, Coretta Scott, met not far from a little spot on the Boston Commons where a monument, a new monument, has been, uh, has been unveiled. And since it has something to do with Dr. King, well, suffice to say, it's going to, um, well, it's going to, it's going to draw idiots like flies to potato salad on a 4th of July picnic. Mm-hmm. I read this, uh, read this earlier today. By the way, if you pop by the uh, chat room right now, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers. That would be Irish Dave and Rick in Europe and Squeaky and Theo. Hey, gang. Good to see you there. Thanks for popping by. Capably moderated, of course, by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky who, although he is a third-stage guild navigator, is elected not to fold space and become man cave. Probably a good idea the way things are going these days. He is capably assisted by Horn chief mathematician and agronomist uh, Roger in Oregon. Yeah, pop on by. You will be heartily welcomed. But, no, um, up in Boston there has been a new monument unveiled. It is a monument dedicated to Dr. King and his beloved spouse, Coretta. And it's, it's, uh, well, it never, it never ceases to amaze the way that right-wingers can get dirty in a hurry. It's a giant bronze monument. It cost some $10 million in um, privately raised funds. The design was approved by Martin Luther King III. Um, and naturally, people with filthy minds saw something in it that isn't there. It is a, it is a, it is, it, it's, it's two sets of embracing arms. There's a beautiful photograph of Dr. King and Coretta um, embracing. And so this is a representation of that. You can see the little like pearl bracelet on Coretta Scott King's wrist and her wedding band. Um, as she embraces her husband. 
But of course, you know, because I guess art always triggers maggots and various and sundry right-wingers. Um, it, it, it's making the uh, it's making the maggots lose their collective shit. Um, the photo the photograph, like I said, goes back to 1964 when Dr. King won the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, Coretta Scott King's cousin, Seneca Scott, is, I guess, seeking their 15 minutes of fame by declaring that the monument looks to them, oh my God, like a dingus. Um, interviewed by the New York Post, of course, would you know, just a trash can liner. The mainstream media was reporting on it like it was all beautiful because they were told they had to say that, Seneca Scott said. But then when it came out, a little boy pointed out, that's a penis! And everybody was like, yo, that's big old dong, man. If you'd showed that statue to anyone in the hood, they'd have been like, no, absolutely not. It doesn't look like a penis, even remotely. Jesus, the stupidity of these people. Um, Of course, being a New York Post story, the embrace has been criticized for looking more like a phallic image than a depiction of slain civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife Coretta Scott King embracing... And so I, I don't know Seneca. I don't know Seneca Scott wanted money. I, I just, uh, Ten million dollars were wasted to create a masturbatory medal homage to my legendary family members, one of the all-time greatest American families. And then Seneca Scott went on to uh, deride the wokeness of it. Jesus. I, I've never, you know, have well, I, I've never, I've, I've never seen a penis with hands at the. You know, that's going to come out wrong. Um, I've never seen a penis with a hand attached at the end of it. And these are clearly arms, and you can see that the hands are that the hands are embracing uh, around each other. And meanwhile, like I said, Martin Luther King III uh, appro- approved it. It's lovely. Um, Hank Willis Tom- Thomas is the artist. He did it for an organization called Embrace Boston. Um, On his website, Thomas says, When we recognize that all storytelling is an abstraction, all representation is an abstraction, hopefully it allows us to be open to more dynamic and complex forms of representation that don't stick us to narrative that oversimplifies a person or their legacy. And I think this work really tries to get to the heart of that. 
um, Seneca Scott, meanwhile, said, the woke algorithm is just broke. I don't know what else to tell you. If you went through all of that and that's what you came up with, something's wrong. Now, it weighs 65,000 tons. It sits on the Boston Common. Uh, for some reason, the New York Post uh, quoted a British rapper and podcaster named Zuby, who said, this is awful. I don't know what lends him any particular credence. So here's the fun part. Um, Seneca Scott's grandfather um, was brother to Obadiah Scott, who was the father of Coretta. And Seneca Scott said, well, I met her once at a family reunion once upon a time. So here's a guy who met Coretta Scott King once, briefly, at a family reunion. Never saw her again. But now he's raising a stink over a monument to her and her slain husband. Solid bronze statue? Like, what are we doing here? It's doubly insulting to the black community, who's still on average. Too many of us are below the poverty line. Spending $10 million on a bronze statue without heads on it? Man, it's a joke. <sighs> I, I read this story, and I, I, honestly, it's... This is, a, this is a classic example of performative clickbait non-news. I guess it has caused some controversy. Um, w. Uh, I think it's the Boston ABC affiliate uh, did a piece. This is such an amazing and wonderful occasion. And we are honored to participate in the unveiling of the Embrace Boston Memorial. And that is uh, Martin Luther King III. It is a great pleasure to be a part of this unveiling ceremony for the memorial, which truly signifies the bonds of love shared by my parents, Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. And whenever I've come to Boston in the past, I've always felt a powerful bond of solidarity with this first great American city. Of course, it is the city where my parents met and fell in love and decided to create a family. And in a way, I owe my very existence to Boston. As the place my parents found each other. I love this monument. I also see the love and strength and unity in these hands and how they symbolize a beautiful marriage 
and partnership. And it was one that changed. That sweet voice is Yolanda Renee King, the uh, granddaughter of Dr. King. The world. I never met my grandparents in person because they died before I was born. And yet, I feel that I know them well. We are all challenged to carry forward their unfinished work. This is the spirit we must keep as we commemorate the 37th Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on Monday. Let's make it a great day of community service, a day of brotherhood, a day of sisterhood, a day of using your platform for good, a day of love and healing in the spirit of this wonderful monument. Nice, right? Nice. But then along comes Seneca Scott and says, Looks like a dong, man. <sighs> because, well, I guess that's the world we live in. And I don't, you know, I guess everybody's an art critic. But the, the level of paranoia involved in saying, mainstream media was reporting on it like it was all beautiful. Well, it is all beautiful. The, 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 the coloration of the bronze, the hands clasping around uh, another arm, it has a, it has a lovely symmetry to it. And, you know, letting this imaginary little boy that, that Seneca Scott cited be the arbiter of artistic taste. Well, the bottom line is I'm more, I'm more afraid of uh, what's going to happen to the monument now than uh, what people with weird minds think it looks like. And the way the New York Post did the headline, Woke MLK Penis Statue Insults Black Community, colon, Coretta Scott King, Ken. A more accurate headline would have been, Somebody Nobody Ever Heard Of Fails Rorschach Test Thinking Statue of Arms Look Like Dick. I hope they can keep. I hope they've got security cameras all around it, and can keep the nasty ass Nazis and racists and white supremacists and Klansmen from spray painting all over it. Jesus. Um, and this from uh, Stephen New York. King's words. If any Republican might be listening. Dr. King did speak other more pointed words than the only phrase you know. In fact, we at the Horn, as a public service, will provide you a couple of paragraphs, and for your convenience, these two paragraphs are from the only speech you think he gave. Please listen. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. 
the sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until there is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. Amen and amen. Uh, the problem is that, well, in, especially in the last 20 years or so, um, we have backslid in the worst way. Nazis now march openly in the street, accompanied by Klansmen, proudly with their masks off. Other white supremacist fascist organizations have risen alongside them, like the Boogaloo Incel Tactical Command Headquarters Executive Staff and the Patriot Front and Patriot Prayer, and of course, the Proud Boys. Nothing short of an organization birthed solely for the purpose of fascist street brawling against people who don't like fascism. So by far and away, the work of Dr. King is far from done. Far from done. Thank you for that quote, Steve. Darlene in Connecticut. Oh, no, she did not say the woke is broke. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the woke is broke, yes, yes, and, uh, besides this, uh, idiot said, uh, woke culture led to the artwork tens of millions of dollars were wasted to create a masturbatory masturbatory metal homage oh for fuck's sake um Yeah, I, I know. Uh, Emilio just said, can't you, third person, see a penis in anything with enough imagination? Who are these people? Jerry Seinfeld reference. You're not, you're not wrong. Um, I didn't know this, but uh, CBS Sunday Morning, thank you, Lee in New York. CBS Sunday Morning did a segment about this, the sculpture. They interviewed the artist, a monument to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King's love. But, you know, sick right-wingers can't see anything but... And uh, this picture, what does this look like? A dong. And this picture, a dong. And this picture, a dong. And this picture, a dong. Got any more dong pictures I can look at? wonder... I wonder what he thinks that sculpture in Chicago <laughs> looks like. 
or moreover, if you put up a statue of a dong, what would it just leave it be, Robin? Yeah. Um, obligatory Star Trek reference. Lee in New York uh, reminds me of Nichelle Nichols remembers Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Back in 2010, with, during an art, uh, interview with StarTrek.com, Nichols recounted how Dr. King inspired her. And uh, the fact that he personally asked her to stay with Star Trek. She said, when I told Jean Roddenberry, I walked away, and as far as I was concerned, it was a fait accompli. Remember, I grew up in musical theater. I belonged to the theater, not to television or movies. Those were things I did when I hadn't quite made it where I wanted to go, but I was on my way. I had, a quite, had quite a lot going for me. I had no idea of the power of being on a screen and people seeing you weekly, but I was ready to go. As nice as this little part was, and I loved the people, and I loved working on it, and I was getting experience in a new medium, I didn't think twice about leaving. And she said Roddenberry pleaded with her to stay. He said, you can't, Nichelle. Don't you see what I'm trying to do here? She then handed him a resignation letter. He took it and looked at it with sad eyes. He was behind his desk, and I was standing in front of him, and I'll never forget it. He said, I'm not going to accept this yet. He put it in his desk drawer and said, take the weekend and think about this, Nichelle. If you still want to do this on Monday morning, I'll let you go with my blessings. Thank you, Jean, she said. And I thought, whew, that was rough, but I got through it. And she said she thinks that over the weekend she attended... Um, she said it could have been an NAACP fundraiser or something else. Whatever it was, she was in Beverly Hills and uh, um, seated at the dais as other notables entered the room to join in the festivities. One of the organizers of the event came over to me and said, Ms. Nichols, I hate to bother you just as you're sitting down to dinner, but there's someone here who wants very much to meet you. And he said to tell you that he is your biggest fan. And I said, oh, certainly. I stood up and turned around, and who comes walking over me from about 10 to 15 feet, smiling that rare smile of his, is Dr. Martin Luther King. I remember saying to myself, whoever that fan is, whoever that Trekkie is, it'll have to wait because I have to meet Dr. Martin Luther King. And he walks up and says, yes, Ms. Nichols, I am your greatest fan. You know I can talk, but all my mouth could do was open and close, open and close. I was so stunned. And he went on to explain that Star Trek was the only show that he and Coretta let their little kids stay up and watch. And he told her what the show meant to him personally and talked about how she had created a character with dignity and knowledge. And she said, thank you so much, Dr. King. I'm really going to miss my co-stars. And then he quit smiling. He said, what are you talking about? She said, I told him. He said, you cannot, and so help me, this man practically repeated verbatim what Gene had said. Don't you see what this man is doing, who's written this? This is the future. He has established us as we should be seen. 300 years from now, we are here. We are marching, and this is the first step. When we see you, we see ourselves, and we see ourselves as intelligent and beautiful and proud. He goes on, and I'm looking at him, and my knees are buckling. I said, I, I, and he said... You turn on your television and the news comes on and you see us marching and peaceful. You see the peaceful civil disobedience and you see the dogs and you see the fire hoses and we all know they cannot destroy us because we are there in the 23rd century. 
So that's when Michelle Nichols said, that's all it took. I went back on Monday morning and told Gene what had happened. He sat there behind that desk, and a tear came down his face, and he looked up at me. I said, Gene, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. There's nothing I can do but stay. And he said, God bless Dr. Martin Luther King. Somebody truly knows what I'm trying to do. And he opened his drawer, took out my resignation, and handed it to me. He had torn it to pieces. He handed me the 100 pieces and said, welcome back. Lee, thank you so much for that. That's, oh, that's beautiful. Just beautiful. All these moments. Of course, we all know that uh, George Santos uh, was uh, blasted with fire hoses and attacked by dogs uh, in both Selma and Birmingham. Because, of course, sorry, just a little moment of levity, if you will. Um, Okay, says Brother Deacon Asa, but what color was the content of MLK's character? Hmm? Uh, Accompanied by a photo of civil rights icon Herb Cain. Gone to his long home. Now it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be Dr. King's holiday if we hadn't had, say, some input from uh, no idea what that is. Some input from uh, oh I don't know, marginal trailer queen. That's just uh, dandy. She's barking and grunting, of course, uh, citing a Bible verse that she'd probably never heard of before, or maybe only maybe it's one of those uh, things that. Uh, because it's kind of gory, so she uh, she took to Twitter today on Dr. King's day, um, from her official government Twitter account. She said, "Vengeance is mine," declares the Lord. That's not what it says in the real Bible, the King, the King James Bible. Harlot! Apostate! Blasphemer! It's vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. God will not let evil go unpunished. The House GOP must do what is right for the American people and no longer serve the uniparty and the globalist agenda. America first! Um, okay. I, on, you know, on Dr. King Day, I, uh, can't recall him preaching any sermons about vengeance. By the way, on her Twitter account, she refers to her, she describes herself as Christian, mother, American, business owner, and congresswoman representing Georgia's 14th district. 
Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Good God. Oh, nothing, nothing like a little marginal trailer queen action. To, oh, that didn't sound right, did it? To get a start, it, it's Moran Monday. What better place? But there's some uh, there's some news out there. Uh, Aaron Legea, Legea, L A I G A I E. No clue. Wish I had my AP pronouncer today. Uh, Far right Trump loving, COVID denying, anti vaxxer, proud boy leading member Aaron Legay has reportedly died from COVID. Nobody could make him wear a mask. He wasn't going to take no shot and get no 5G liquid barcode Bill Gates tracking device in his arm and his blood. No, hell no. He's American. He's a patriot. He's dead. Wait, we we had a Star Trek. He's dead, Jim. Hmm? Maybe he'll be uh, welcomed at the Pearlies by Diamond of Diamond and Silk. Of course, him being a proud boy and a racist POS, that might not work out too well. Um, I, I don't, and of course, by dying, he helped make America great, or at least a little better. Yeah, I know. Um, Ralph says, uh, uh, aw, poor Aaron, I know. Thanks, Ralph. Um. Ron in uh, Ron in Raleigh says subject line MLK Jr. not loved. I would like to clear up some of the self-serving lies that the press tells now about the life and legacy of MLK Jr. Fully two-thirds of white people disapproved of him when he was murdered. Now every racist Republican claims to love MLK. They can't wait to appropriate one line from one speech to pretend that he would be a Republican if he were alive today. Um, there's a, uh, a link here that has a string of comments about his Riverside Church speech beyond Vietnam. Yeah, people got uh, uh, real asshole-ish about this. Uh, Senator Barry Goldwater, who is now looked back upon as a reasonable Republican said at the time of the Beyond Vietnam speech that it could border a bit on treason. A bit on treason, yeah. Yeah, That speech, you will recall, was a year to the day 
from his assassination. And he was not kind about what Vietnam was doing to America. He said, perhaps the more tragic recognition of reality took place when it became clear to me that the war was doing far more than devastating the hopes of the poor at home who was sending their sons and their brothers and their husbands to fight and die in extraordinarily high proportions relative to the rest of the population. We were taking the black young men who had been crippled by our society and sending them 8,000 miles away to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia, which they had not found in Southwest Georgia and East Harlem. So we've been repeatedly faced with the cruel irony of watching Negro and white boys on TV screens as they kill and die together for a nation that has been unable to seat them together in the same schools. So we watched them in brutal solidarity burning the huts of a poor village, but we realized they would never live on the same block in Detroit. I could not be silent in the face of such cruel manipulation of the poor. He said, a true revolution of values will lay hands on the world order and say of war, this way of settling differences is not just. This business of burning human beings with napalm, of filling our nation's homes with orphans and widows, of injecting poisonous drugs of hate into veins of people normally humane, of sending men home from dark and bloody battlefields, physically handicapped and psychologically deranged, cannot be reconciled with wisdom, justice, and love. It was true then, and it's true now. Nonetheless, this morning, uh, the jackass founder of Pastors for Trump woke up and thought the very most awesomest thing that he could do would be to put out a tweet with a Photoshop. I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, A Photoshop of Dr. King wearing one of those shitty red maggot hats claiming that if Dr. King were alive today, that he would be a maggot. You know, just like Herb Cain. I think he would have had, but then again, I think he would have had the common sense, A, not to be a maggot. He would have seen the vicious, ugly hatefulness of it and and, and um, decried it immediately and without reservation. And he probably also would have gotten the vaccine and worn a mask. Because he was a brilliant man and not a stupid fucking maggot. Meanwhile, back down in, you know, down in Atlanta, where uh, Dr. King's Ebenezer Baptist Church is, where Joe Biden spoke yesterday, the Fulton County Special Grand Jury has completed its investigation into Nitwit Nero's um, machinations with regard to the 2020 elections. And
And so now uh, they've been discharged. Judge Robert McBurney said, The court thanks the grand jurors for their dedication, professionalism, and significant commitment of time and attention to this important matter. It was no small sacrifice to serve. Eight months they spent, the grand jury. There will be a hearing uh, eight days from now on the 24th of January in which a decision will be made whether to make the grand jury's report public. Um, So I guess no indictments? Nothing? Bueller? 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 Or maybe somebody will take it and run with it. For, I, I have no answers. Meanwhile, Frank writes in from Iowa. I always feel, subject line, MLK holiday, I always feel melancholy about Martin Luther King and his legacy. In fact, it is hard to write this note to you. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed on my 18th birthday. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe the intersection of my date of birth and his death means something. I don't know. I only know that I always feel melancholy about Dr. King and his relationship to me, you, and everyone else. Well, it's a, it's a stain on our nation. That was a year. That was a year when a lot of dreams died. Died hard. Died in agony. And there's the sense that we do not know to this day exactly what was behind the uh, assassination itself. But it's hard to note that, and, and you know, this is supposed to be a day of service, a national day of service, not a national day of mattress sales. It's worth noting that after uh, that greasy-headed old B-movie actor who was constantly upstaged by, upstaged by a chimpanzee, Old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, after he signed the King holiday into law back in 1983, he would go on and uh, he would write letters to his upstanding Bible-believing, good, God-fearing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist Republican allies to make them feel better. about the holiday. And in those letters, he said, Uh, Well, Mommy, uh, we'll only talk about a specific version of Dr. King. Over at Boston Review, 
there's an article from 2017. Reagan used MLK Day to undermine racial justice. The holiday was legislated as part of a strategy to defang King of his most radical qualities while co-opting him into the ideology of colorblindness. Now, I've said year after year after year that what we find each and every each and every January, you know, this time of year, I refer to it, and not disrespectfully, but I refer to it as the Santa Clausization of Dr. King. You know, St. Nicholas was a brown-skinned Turkish bishop, Christian bishop, who was apparently deeply concerned with the well-being of the poor. And that's where the gift-giving comes from. You know, of Santa Claus. And so now, you know, 1,500 years later, all we remember of St. Nicholas was that he liked good little children and liked to give them gifts. We scarcely even remember the fact that the red robes with the white trim were priestly vestments and not a Santa suit because he lives at the North Pole. Well, that's where we're going with Dr. King. Um, and that's and that's been the goal all along of the King holiday, as envisioned. By Ronald Reagan and the assholes and right-wingers surrounding him. Old 666 absolutely despised the notion of the King holiday. It'll cost the government too much money. Wait, that's Trump. Well, mommy, yeah, there, there he is. It'll cost uh, $18 million a year. That's, that's too much money for a black guy. Um, we need to remember that when it got to the uh, Senate floor in October 1983, that filthy old racist who is hopefully burning in hell as we speak, if there is a hell, and there isn't, um, that Jesse Helms filibustered the bill and said, uh, and, and, and he, he, he um, excoriated Dr. King's, quote, calculated use of nonviolence as a provocative act. He was, after all, a communist. Mm-hmm. A reporter asked... Uh, uh, Reagan in October 1983 Mr. President 
Senator Helms has been saying on the Senate floor that Martin Luther King Jr. had communist associations, was a communist sympathizer. Do you agree? And all Reagan said was, we'll, we'll, we'll know in about 35 years, won't we? That was when the King file was due to be unsealed by the FBI. By the way, it took John Conyers of Michigan 15 years introducing the bill to get it passed. When Reagan finally signed it into law, he wrote a note apologizing to Meldrum Thompson Jr., who at the time was the uh, GOP governor of New Hampshire. And he had begged and pleaded with Reagan not to sign the, the holiday into law. And Reagan explained to him in the letter that the holiday is based on an image of King, not reality. That there would be, in fact, a Santa Clausization of Dr. King. And it was uh, the, 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 the origins of the holiday, as envisioned by Republicans, was to focus on colorblind society, which they then used and continue to use to this day as a weapon to negate efforts to make right in any way, shape, form, or fashion the racism that has informed this country from its origin to this very day. And so consequently, you get um, the, the, the NRA in the 80s, you get the... Uh, moral majority who are out there barking and grunting that they're the ones whose rights are really being trampled. Poor little white folks. And now, because of all those efforts in the 80s, we have that favored canard, that bullshit piece of racist agitprop that Fucker Carlson loves so much. Great replacement theory. The real victims are the white people. Uh, some of these, some of these right white white wingers actually call themselves the new Rosa Parks. People who go hammer and tongs to make sure that a woman doesn't have the right to control the workings of her own body call themselves freedom riders. You know, free, fetus freedom riders. Jesus. And of course, uh, people who rally constantly against the LGBTQ, QQIA plus community, well, so they say that they're carrying Dr. King's dream forward. 
It's worth thinking about these things on this particular day and other days for that matter. Of course, I don't know how much of this will be out there for public viewing or hearing beyond, you know, beyond this program. But at least, at least we're speaking it. And all of this business of, um, of emphasizing the color blindness theory, well, it gets weaponized by the likes of Stevie Three Shirts, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. Uh, when they start talking about taking back America and reclaiming America. Well, they have to be reclaiming it from somewhere. Who do you suppose they're reclaiming it from? Doesn't take long, does it? And, of course, um, President Biden said yesterday... Uh, well, he was invited to Ebenezer Baptist Church by Senator Raphael Warnock, who has his very own full six-year Senate term now. Whew. Yeah. Um, there was a gospel hymn sung, and then uh, Reverend Warnock, Senator Reverend Warnock, uh, joked at the president that being how Joe Biden's been a Catholic all his life, uh, he said, uh, our service may seem a little exuberant to you. And at the end of the service, the choir sang, we shall overcome. But uh, he also said, President Biden did, I've spoken before Parliament, kings, queens, leaders of the world, I've been doing this for a long time. This is intimidating. And he said uh, of Dr. King's dream, it's a dream in which we all deserve liberty and justice and is still the task of our time to make that dream a reality because it's not there yet. And he said he has a, doc a bust of Dr. King in his office. He continued, the battle for the soul of this nation is perennial, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant struggle between hope and fear, kindness and cruelty, justice and injustice. Sometimes it feels like the dark side's winning, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Stephen, New York points out, guess who's bringing legislation to require photo IDs to vote? You guessed it. The fascist government of the UK. I've got another UK story here. I'll bet Steve might even know what it is. Jesus. Hi, Claire. Uh, Claire's our friend across the pond. And Mary Oldie Engelon. Uh, Steve adds that uh, the Fulton County Grand Jury, there's an upcoming hearing on the issue of indictments. 
Ronnie and Richard, Ron and Raleigh notes, uh, Ronnie was a racist son of a bitch that most white folks love. I remember an open mic clip where Ronnie and Richard had a great laugh about Af- about African delegates not being used to wearing shoes. Uh, both of these racists won their presidential elections by landslides. There's a, there's a lot of political hay to be made out of racism in this country. Always has been. And uh, on the 19th, which is Dr. King's birthday, had he lived, he would have been 94 years old. And I would be remiss if I did not note that on this day, well, 48 states, 48 states are celebrating the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. birthday holiday. 48 states. Today, however, in Mississippi, Stan, and Alabama, it's King Lee Day. Because they'll also celebrate the birth on the same date of the traitor, old Bobby Lee. Yes, the enslaver and the man who spent countless bucket seas of blood and treasure trying to make sure that people enslaved remained enslaved. That old gray-bearded piece of treasonous trash. Mm-hmm. How's that for sickening? Um, in in uh, in Texas, uh, January nineteenth will be Confederate Heroes Day. And they'll celebrate, well, treason. How many other how many other countries have holidays that celebrate treachery and treason? I mean, I'm, I feel fairly confident that there's no national holiday on in, in uh, um, on April 22nd or April 20th, I should say, April 20th in Germany. But, you know, here we are. King Lee Day. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, and an obituary today. At the age of 95, the Italian, uh, the Italian actress, uh, Gina Lola Brigida, passed away. And for a certain age group, namely mine, maybe folks a little bit older, 
she's one of the, she's an, she's a, a shining example of learning about someone through cartoons. When I was a kid, I had never heard of Gina Lilla Brigida, let alone seen any of her films. But I learned of her existence via her portrayal on an episode of The Jetsons as Gina Lola Jupiter. Weird how things like that happen. But she was a brilliant actress. And uh, she was much in demand in the 50s and 60s at one time referred to as the most beautiful woman in the world. A 1952 Italian film called Altri Tempi, otherwise known in English as Infidelity, um, she played a woman accused of being too sexy. The next year, By the next year, she was playing opposite Errol Flynn in Crossed Swords, and then uh, she played in uh, Beat the Devil, the John Huston film that became a cult classic. And then she, uh, she was forever cemented in film lore with uh, Pane, Amore e Fantasia, Bread, Love and Dreams, 1953. Ninety-five. Long and rich life. So that's pretty much the first hour. That's the filler robster for Moran Monday. We have more Morans. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, here's a fun one. The phrase to own the libs has become a um, it's become a a trope for indicating Republicans doing something monumentally stupid and usually uh, harmful to themselves because they think the libs uh, will get upset. Well, here we are. The Horn Family Community Congregation knows that one of the conditions for me being able to finally become myself was quitting smoking. I had to quit smoking because at my age it um, presented a profound risk of deep vein thrombosis in conjunction with uh, estrogen. And having tried and tried and tried to quit smoking over the years... You know, the old the old line is smoking or quitting's easy. I've done it a million times, but having tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed and failed, on that moment when they said, "No, you're going to be you're you're going to be stuck living, living that way if you don't quit smoking." Well, I quit smoking and took my first dose of estrogen on the same day. 
September 15th, 2020. And I charted, uh, if you go back to the archives, I charted my quitting smoking over the course of weeks and months. And a couple of people who had quit smoking said, you know, eventually you'll get to the point where you don't think about it all the time. Eventually you'll get to the point where you're not counting weeks, you're not counting, you're not counting days or weeks or months. It's just your reality that you are a non-smoker. And I'm really grateful to the folks in the community who told me that because they were right. And so I kicked a 43-year habit that sometimes rose as high as two and three packs a day. And I've stayed kicked. And I don't miss them. And while I'm not going to be, I hope, never to be one of these intolerant, you know, assholes about it, the fact is, once you get your sense of smell back, they stink. Jesus, they stink. They stink horribly. And you begin, you become able to notice it. You smell it on people's breath, you know, in their clothing, in their in, in rooms where there's been smoking. And so, you know, we talked last week when we were talking about what Exxon knew about climate change and the effects thereof back in the 70s. I mentioned that it was very similar to what the tobacco industry knew precisely about the effects of tobacco on human health. Even earlier. And the tobacco companies did know. They knew everything. They knew they were killing their own customers. But of course, smoking is all about addiction maintenance. No, 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 you damn silly, uh, you damn silly sissy liberals. No, it's about freedom. Freedom, damn it. Freedom. Freedom. If you can't smoke anywhere you want to and puff your toxic particles all over who the hell ever, well, you ain't free. By the way, the effort to uh, get young people not to smoke, at one point in time, one-third of young people were smoking. Now it's down to 9% and falling. So that's kind of tough on the cigarette industry, that's why they're expanding into things like vaping. Well, I didn't know this, but it's a, it's a, it's a historical fact that back in 1871, the Speaker of the House was James G. Blaine of Maine. Blaine of Maine. The Blaine of Maine, the Blaine in Maine, something, something plain. He uh, he banned smoking in the galleries and on the House floor while in legislative session. I don't know if he banned chewing tobacco, spittoons and whatnot. And oh God, just think about the House floor and the Senate floor back in the day with those. Oh, ooh, oh, gross, full body cringe. The, you know the tobacco juice stains 
on the floor where the distinguished gentleman from South Carolina missed. Well, one of the things that, you know, remember when the, the first thing they did was take down the magnetometers? Well, there's something else that went with it. The magnetometers went, and the ashtrays came back. And so, lo and behold, lo and behold, the stench of cigarette smoke will once again be smelt in the halls of Congress. Uh, it's worth remembering that uh, uh, back when John Boner was speaker, when he exited his sp- the speaker's office, they had to pull up the carpets, lay down new carpets, repaint the entire room, and then install an ozone machine just to get the stench of Boner's cigarette smoking out of the room. And now the, uh, the article at Bloomberg News notes that Representative Tom Cole of Oklahoma can often be found smoking in the committee's space on the third floor of the Capitol. Tells you a little bit about him, doesn't it? And, of course, it's a, it's a man thing. I first noticed this story via an opinion piece by Amanda Marcotte at Salon. She notes that uh, beyond being simple trolling on the part of the Republicans, it's also about a close cousin to trolling in the constellation of motivations that make right-wingers such baffling and exhausting people toxic masculinity. For about as long as supporters' basic public health have argued for restrictions on tobacco use, conservatives have acted as if any regulations whatsoever on their foul-smelling phallic symbols literally amounts to prying the penises off their bodies. Oh, we're back to the penises again. Before Rush Limbaugh died of lung cancer, the right-wing radio host who coined the term feminazi often portrayed smoking as a wholesome manly activity that liberals wanted to take away from men purely to emasculate them. It's true that everybody who smokes dies, but so does everyone who eats carrots. And then there's uh, Mike Pencilneck Geek, who back in 2001 said, banning smoking, uh, anti-tobacco regulation... It's a backhanded big government disguised in do-gooder health care rhetoric. And then said, in 2001, he said, and I presume the check cleared, smoking doesn't kill. And then they uh, screech about the nanny state. Uh, the Proud Boys videoed themselves smoking in the Capitol on, on, uh, when, they, when they were part of the terrorist attack of January 6th. And weirdly, public health is seen as and, and derided as uh, a, a 
the feminization of the culture and an attack on their delicate and dainty masculinity. Yeah, this 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 runs on a continuum right alongside uh, uh, dying of COVID to own the libs. So now people are going to have to breathe Republican smoke, you know, because they're manly. These Republicans. That asshat uh, Senator Jubilation T. Cornpone Kennedy down in Louisiana stand said uh, that liberals carry around Ziploc bags of kale. And he said, kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. And, of course, he went after yoga mats, too, because, you know, women use yoga mats, and women mostly do yoga. And we, when he mentioned all this at a... At a uh, Rally for uh, Hershey Walker, Texas, Strang- uh, Texas Strangler. The crowd just clapped and they cheered when he talked about them sissy kale eating liberals. Mm, yeah. And it all ties in, as Ms. Marcotte notes, with the fact that, that there is a growing, sharp. Um, distinction when you compare people who live in democratic controlled states to uh, or counties rather to counties controlled by Republicans more and more if you live in a Republican controlled county people are more likely to die of suicide, heart disease, opioid overdoses, obesity related illness COVID And in the uh, sanely governed counties, the overall health index, the overall health quality is significantly better. But in the long way, in the long run, uh, well, hopefully the Republic. I don't know. Would Mitch, you know, Kentucky is a tobacco state. If Mitch, if Mitch uh, McTurtle, Moscow Mitch, ever gets hold of the Senate again, um, you reckon those spaces will be filled with the the, the the stinking detritus of cigarette smoke, ashtrays in the hallway, and whatnot? I don't know, but. Uh, we are near the halfway point of the program, and um, we had $300 to raise, and we still have $300 to raise. Uh, by the way, um, I didn't. Cat, your uh, did did I mention it? Your your challenge from last week did get filled, so thank you for that, Cat. Um, But we do. We got three hundred bucks to go, and we are presently at well, nil, zero, z, zip. 
Hopefully it will not stay that way. Uh, let's run over to the Skype line, check in with Scott. Hey, Scott, how are you? Hey, Robin, I am so relieved. Relieved? That you, that you changed the subject. I was sitting From which? Whole, well, I'm going to tell you. I was sitting here all ready to have a wonderful celebration of the life and times of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And you didn't go, I don't even think you went 90 seconds into the show before you were quoting some dumbass that's distantly related to the late good doctor, Reverend Doctor. And well, I actually you, related to his wife. Or to his, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, would you, if you're a bullshitter, it doesn't matter what, what family tree you fell out of, you know? And I was thinking, oh, dear, this took a turn that I'd, I could have gone without. But you, you, you got off it, and I'm so glad you did, because, you know, I hold the birth date and the life and even the martyrdom, if that's not too strong a term of, of a man, uh, as moments of great uh, reverence, uh, uh, even as an old man. You know, I'm an old man now. He's no longer, but... I didn't realize that he was born in 29, that, uh, that, that, and that he was only 39 when he was killed. Can yeah. you imagine that? He was a young man. But what, look at all that he accomplished in that short span of years. And I will never forget, I will never forget the night that that happened. Uh, it it uh, it's burned into my into my psyche. I mean, having having been through. Let's see. At that point, we had the killing of John Kennedy in '63 and all that. We had the killing of Malcolm X in '65. We'd already had. No, we hadn't had the shooting of Bobby Kennedy. That didn't come till June of '68. See, you've got to have your scorecard to know. You know. To keep track of the madness that unfolded in that decade, and you just just get to the point where you're growing, if not accustomed to the thought of your president being blown away on a city street, you know. But it's like every couple of years, someone, some asshat, some insane person, was taking out another of our leaders, you know, and it, it's just, I can, I look back at it, uh, Robin, and I have to pinch myself to, to, to really acknowledge that I lived through such a rancid time in our country, thinking all the while, well, gee whiz, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. And what did we do? We survived the 60s somehow, many of us. And then what happened in the seventies? Disco happened. Well, so we don't don't big... don't don't go gooning on disco <laughs> because that's actually a freedom movement. No, I do like disco. I'm one of the few uh, people who still do. I don't have my platform shoes and my plaid pants anymore, but I used to get up there and shake whatever booty was available to me back then, back in the seventies. But you know, we survived the sixties. Have a big old party in the seventies go to sleep in the 80s just in time for the age of Reagan to unfold and it's it's like good god what a life 
what an incredible time. I, don't, I wouldn't want to have been around at any other time than the, the time that has encompassed the span of my life thus far. And it's nothing short of morbid curiosity that keeps me upright and above ground because I want to see, is there going to be a satisfactory ending or is it all going to go to shit? And we, it's, it's, it's sort of a subgroup of what we talk about. The two well, the sixty, you know, the sixties <laughs> were birthed in the fifties, and well, you yeah, can make an you can make an argument that 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 some of the impetus for the civil rights movement arises out of, uh, of of black soldiers coming home and realizing that they were actually more they they, they were they were freer fighting fucking Nazis and getting shot at. Yeah. Than they were coming home and trying to live in peace in their own neighborhoods. Yeah, sit at the uh, sit at the lunch counter and get lunch. And we I mean, we we, um, I, I think we don't pay necessary um, attention to the integration of the military that was accomplished by Harry Truman, who interestingly enough had been a member of the Klan. I thought his daddy was. I didn't know he was. Hmm. Some, I think he might have been. Somebody, the, the, the research department can check me on that. Well, what do you want from a guy growing up in Lamar, Missouri? I've well, right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not excusing, <laughs> but uh, failed haberdasher, um, World War One doughboy. But anyway, so that comes along. Then we get then we get the the backlash of Eisenhower, and this vision of a tidy white America with really big closets. Uh, and then the '60s is a backlash against the '50s, and it is a it is it is a yearning, keening cry for freedom and equality. And that that party that was the '70s was a way of anesthetizing the country. Uh, you know, the happiest man in America upon the assassination of Dr. King had to be. Um, Richard Milhouse, Pinhead Nixon, as Truman called him. Richard Pinhead Nixon. Yeah, I was. He, he threw me. I didn't know who Richard was. All if he, if he said Dick, I would have known yeah. right away who we were talking. Ronnie about. and Dick. Yeah, but the, right, but the, but the, but the thing is, Nixon's uh, Nixon's ascension would have been a very different thing with a living Martin Luther King Jr. in it. We would have, we would have, we, we would have, we, we would have had tapes, Nixon White House tapes, of, you know, damn it, Henry, it's that, it's that communist, it's that communist black preacher, that King fellow, he's he's, he's ruining America and poisoning the minds. Well, Barry Goldwater was right. It probably was treasonous what he said. Well, it, I, I'm, I'm, well. Don't get me started on Nixon. God damn, we'll be here forever. But uh, I, I, I just, you know, I marvel at the fact that we've gotten as much done. You know, he got as much done in his brief life, life, lifetime as he did. He continues to serve as a model and an inspiration for many of us. And the... the, the you know, I, I, I just, 
It, it's just, it just, it grips, it, it cares at your heart and your psyche. And there was that, uh, uh, not a stupid song, but it was sort of, it sort of capitalized on, remember Dion and the Belmonts? The, the oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Group from the 50s, yeah. early 60s. Well, Dion, after the Belmonts uh, era, uh, used his real name, Dion DeMucci, I believe his yes. legal name was, and did that song, Abraham, Martin, and John. And I understand the intent of it, okay? You want to, you see your leaders shot down in rapid succession over a few short years, and you want to remember them or honor them or remind people just who and who and who we lost and how we lost them, you know, but then again, that it was just a little too slick. I mean, if you want to hear it done in a heartfelt way, listen to mom's Mabley's version version of it uh, from one of her albums. I think she had a, a single, I don't know how well it charted, but here was a woman who was born and raised in South Carolina, grew up in the, in the Black Vaudeville, and then kind of segged into mainstream media, had quite the following, and was a funny lady, a little dirty around, you know, some of the topics that she touched upon, but innocent, you know, but a little risque for the time. She certainly was no red fox, you know, and could have been if she wanted to, but she was, you know, she knew she had to be on Mike Douglas and Merv Griffin and those shows, Ed Sullivan. But yeah, her, her, her version of Abraham, Martin, and John will really tear at your heartstrings. And I, and I think it comes from a more authentic place, not to say anything against Dion or the Belmonts or anybody who ever played the Belmonts back on <laughs> Top 40 Radio many moons ago. Right. But that's not why I called. I just, um, these people, these people that, that I, I'm of the opinion that if you have, if you don't have something good to say about someone, you, you ought to just kind of shut up, you know, at least for the day, at least for the week, at least for the month. Oh, but they That's can't. Asking. They can't. This know, is catnip to them. I know, I know, because they know that it upsets some of us. But right, I, and and you know because they have the minds of 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 you know kindergarten, well preschoolers. Well, they they, they live they, for it. Well, they they're the type that that torment puppies and kittens and, and yes. pull the wings off of creatures who have wings for a perfectly good yeah. reason. You know, hurt butterflies. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just, uh, I don't know. Happy birthday, Dr. King. I, and, and God, and what is with these people up in Boston? I mean, Boston, I mean, do you remember the busing back in the 70s? Sure. Yeah. So, some of the more violent uh, reactions to it took place in the cradle of so-called cradle of liberty. Sit, Liberty. Sit. Yeah, sit, sit, your dog. <laughs> you know, and and people would think that up there that the people were somewhat rational, but not all of them were Kennedy Democrats. A lot of them were reactionary followers of Henry Cabot Lodge, for fuck's sake. Right. And that ilk, you know, that New England uh, 
reserve or or something. I just I just so I I wish I I wish I still had it and I wish it would still fit me if I did have it. My my T-shirt. I think I posted the picture once. I used to be disgusted. Now I'm just amused. Yeah, you know you 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 bring that up and uh, I immediately think of that old old rhyme. Um, what is it? Here's to dear old Boston. Um, or and this is good old Boston, the home of the bean and the cod, where the Lowells talk to the Cabots and the Cabots talk only to God. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, there is a uh, there is a heritage, a strain that runs through a lot of the old uh, families up in that uh, region, where they uh, literally were on a first name basis with God, at least according to their telling of it. Oh yeah. So, well, how are you? Are you uh, are you hanging in there? I am. I am. I'm getting used to this new. Uh, new eating regimen and uh, let's see today I've had um, I had some cottage cheese this morning I like cottage cheese you know the best way to have it How? is with a little lemon pepper and a little bit of seasonal you know the seasoned salts yeah or maybe Lowry, Lowry's or something yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it just the lemon, pe- the lemon pepper oh that sounds delightful I'll have to oh, try it I, 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 I get it by the I'm not content with a pint or a quart of it. I get these big honking uh, <laughs> containers of it that they, you need help carrying it out of the store. Uh, I just finished off one the other day. I mean, every well, night. So, yeah, so uh, cottage cheese this morning, I had it with uh, mandarin oranges. And never tried that. then lunch was uh, just a lettuce salad with some tomatoes and Greek dressing and feta cheese. Well, that, uh, yeah, that sounds... And then this evening's meal was a um, big carb-heavy bowl of uh, split pea soup with ham and bacon. Did you have a, a slice of Melba toast on the side? No, no, there is no bread. Although over the weekend, I had my first sandwich in weeks. Oh, but see, Melba toast I don't think counts as bread because it's it's so... So close to not being bread-like that... Oh, it's got, no, it's got a shit ton of carbs in it. Trust me. Well, what, what are you on a carb restricted? Yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my diabetes under control. Oh Jesus! Well, you're taking the medications. Right, but you have to also alter your lifestyle, and I'm trying to walk and get more exercise and uh, work my you know work work up my suspiciously large woman beach bod for this August. Well, see, I take uh, my 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 medicine, but I uh, I mean I do watch my diet to an extent. But not to the point where I'm inconvenienced in any major way. I mean, come on, what, what the, life is short. But today, like I said, shorter. today I had my lowest number yet, 120. Now, what, do you have that thing implanted in your arm? No, the, no. And I'm not on insulin. I'm not on insulin yet, so. No, but I mean, you I don't want to be. If I go on, if if I get to the point where I need insulin, I'm a dead girl because I can't afford fourteen hundred dollars a month for insulin to oh, no. help maintain but, some pharma, pharma CEO in the lifestyle to which he has become accustomed. <laughs> oh, you're just a spoil sport. That's all. There I'm is a bitch. <laughs> but no, I'm talking about that monitor thing. Yeah, no, I know. Of- no, I just, uh, I've just got a little 
external blood glucometer and a stab my finger with a little lancet thing for any. Oh, and by the way, by the way, for anybody, for anybody who does have to test their blood glucose and do a stick uh, a couple of times a day or whatever, this is an unpaid product placement. But when I run across a piece, of, a piece of equipment or a, a, a gizmo or whatever that really works, I want to share it. So. The part of testing my blood glucose that I absolutely despise the most is the whole time-consuming process of opening up the little lancet gizmo, sticking a little plastic lancet in it, uh, twisting off the twisting off the little knob at the top, and making sure I don't lose it, and then putting the lid back on, alcohol prepping my finger, wiping the alcohol off with a cotton ball, then uh, then you know then the actual stick. And wiping away the first drop and getting the second drop and then putting the little drop on the little uh, on, on the on the little stick and and then watching it count down from five to whatever number. So I found and, and it's by AccuCheck and it's actually a system called Fast Clicks. If you have to test your blood sugar, this will cut down the time you spend. Do, doing so by a couple of minutes at least, because thing with all the accoutrements. Well, the thing is, this this little lancet gizmo, um, the, the 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 lancets themselves are specialized. They're they're like six lancets in a little container, and you just pop the little bastard on, put the cap on, and boom, you're you know done, you're done, and again, two to three minutes time saved. Yeah. So it's it's uh, AccuCheck Fast Clicks F A S T C L I X. I believe I've seen those. And it's no more; they're no more expensive, as far as I can tell, than the regular pain in the ass fooling around with them lances. And then when you've gone through all six, you just take it out, throw it away, drop in another, drop in another clip. Another magazine, as it were. It's like a cartridge uh, container, you know. Yeah, it's no, it's clip, it's yeah. it's like a clip or a magazine for a firearm. You know, just pop it out, put a new one in, and you got and you're good, good for six more tests. Theoretically, you could, if you weren't interested in testing but would rather have a little uh, sport, you could put in a clip, aim it. At a fly walking around the rim of a glass. No, it doesn't. It doesn't pop out. No, it, it doesn't. Oh, shoot, there are no projectiles out. involved, Scott. Well, what the hell? I mean, we count on. That's science. what your flit gun's for. <laughs> flit? Yes. <laughs> but in answer to your question, I'm doing. I'm doing good. Uh, over over the weekend, I I bought some of the keto bread because it's got about half the carbs of a regular slice of bread. And my daughter-in-law yeah. made these beautiful club sandwiches. Ham and turkey and lettuce and onions and mayo and tomato. No, that's not. Oh, I wolfed that thing down like somebody was going to take it away from me. Cut it and she cut it in the pretty little quarters, you know, the little little triangle fourths. And she's wonderful and I love her. That's not like the Ezekiel bread, is it? No, no, I have not had that. I know what you're talking about. No, this is just keto conscious. uh, Very few calories. Very few carbs. and it's not terrible, and it toasts up beautifully. Just toast and butter. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, but it was it was it was a good weekend. Um, since you asked, I went on a date yesterday. Oh, how'd that work out? He's a really sweet fellow, 
and we had brunch, and I behaved myself, and, and I, I didn't, you know, get dessert or anything, and we just sat and talked and sort of got to know each other. And, uh, felt cute. Uh, so it was a nice, and it was a beautiful day yesterday, too, which was a big deal. We saw the sun for the first time in several days because this time this time of year can get pretty depressing and sunless. Well, and see, it's going to go on for a little while longer. Do you know yet how far away we are from spring? Um, I was thinking normally... about that just this morning. We are uh, <laughs> we are we're 26 days into winter, which means we're about um, 40 some days left. You know, it's. Uh, March 21st, so that's 21 plus 28, 29, 49 days plus, oh shit, that's a long time. Yeah, I hope they are not hard days, because in some parts of the country, they can be brutal. Yeah. Well, we got got snow uh, Friday night. Have you ever had those times where winter seems to be ending early it's like nature's way of trying to fake us out yeah it's yeah it's 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 na- it, yeah it's it's nature's it's nature's way of going psych and it <laughs> and it, it fucks up everything because you know the sweet this you know the sweet little flowering plants and fruit trees are like oh it's warm we're going to oh. bloom now <laughs> buttercups don't have a chance and and then you know? and then it comes back and it's like nah no peaches for you this year <laughs> There went the apples. There went the plums. But no, it was well, a lo- thank you for asking. It was a lovely well, weekend. Well, I'm, I'm glad you had a, a, a good encounter and a nice weekend and the weather cooperated. Yeah, I think we'll you? probably see each other again, maybe go to a movie or something. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Are they still do movies. I thought after the... Uh, well, I hear the I hear the, uh, the 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 wet Avatar movie is that didn't come out right, did it? Uh, is that the new? James is a, is Cameron, a big uh, yeah yeah is a is a real thing to be seen on screen? I don't know. I just never gotten into those. Oh, the first Avatar movie was wonderful. I, don't, I uh, and I hope this one's good. You know, it's just pure escapism. But, you know, the first Avatar movie, I sat there and watched it and was like, oh, well, isn't this a metaphor for what's happening on planet Earth? They even had the great big giant dump trucks like we got on mountaintop removal sites. Good Lord. You know, painted in that in that caterpillar yellow. Well, yeah, as you were talking about, you know, some states not uh, observing the Martin Luther King birth uh, holiday. Yeah. Who was that official? Maybe a governor, maybe in Arizona. Yeah. That what was that? I kept sitting here. What was his right? name? Evan Meekum. Meekum, yes, yes. Do I have that right? I think that Evan. I couldn't think of his first name. I knew it was an odd name. Yes, but th- those people, this, they just want to resist. Well, the fact that uh, Ronnie Reagan had to write and hold the hand of the little racist piece of shit governor in in New Hampshire. Well, don't worry. We're not going to let anybody know the real Dr. King. We'll just have a, a sanitized a sanitized version that white people can feel good about. Mommy? I just, these fuckers, they, we need to not have them be in charge of anything. 
for like a, a generation or two until um, I don't know if can, if it can be bred out of us, but we 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 cannot fall victim to our lower and base instincts. And we're steadily going down that that section of track. I, I know this is not news to you, but it's 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 upsetting and it's disheartening, you know, for someone who's been around a while and has actually seen signs of things getting better. But it's like one step forward and two or three steps back, and that's no way to progress. I mean, it's it's. Right. That's well, that's why I said what I said about had Dr. King survived, he would have been a howling thorn in the side of Richard M. Nixon. Well, after his a year a year to the day, like you were saying, the beyond was it beyond Vietnam speech sermon that he gave at where the hell was that? Was that at uh what is that big church up in New York? Yeah, the, the, that's the Riverside Church. Riverside Church, yeah. Uh, his 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 uh, meter started clicking, counting down, and I think it was a year to the day that he was uh, taken out of, of the uh, out of the equation. They they could not let that stand. It was a year to the day, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. And it's like. No, no, no. We, we we must not have this. But it's a, it's, and we we've I I I don't think the country has ever gotten its equilibrium back since the '60s. I think we in places may have done so, but not to the point where it could be applied in any meaningful, ongoing way. I think the opposite side, when they see an opportunity, they take it, and they bore in like uh, gophers or something. They're all from the rodent family, okay, in one form or another, and they're they're just they're like they're like rodent leech creatures from somewhere. And it, it's just, you call Otto the Orkin Man, you know, we're yeah, no, it, with these mothers, you know? Yeah. They're coming up out of the drain, doctor. What can we do? <laughs> Jesus. No, thanks very much. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, 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 and of course, the tobacco thing that I was talking about just before I brought you on. Um, uh, I had a note just a minute ago from uh, my buddy George um, who said, my dad smoked cigars all my life until surgeons had to remove part of his tongue and jawbone due to cancer. It ruined his previous active social life. It made me sad to see the national champion Georgia Bulldogs lighting up stogies to celebrate. Um Well, look at Limbaugh. He used to have that big old thing in his mouth. And then he would talk about my formerly nicotine-stained fingers. It's a wonder he lived as long as he did, given his various health issues. Yeah. 
Uh, Stephen New York York said, Scott tonight is solidifying his status as the Horned Sage in real time. That was nice. Thank you, Steve. Well, is that a good? That's yeah, a that's good a good. Yeah, you, a, yeah. Oh, good. The, yeah. You, yes. Um, well, I, I get contemplative when when we mark anniversaries, or in this case, not a death anniversary. See, I like it better when we mark the birth anniversaries instead of the death anniversaries, because I I, I like to have I like there to be beginnings some, some of things, not ends of things. Beginnings and 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 hopefulness and upbeat and and optimistic to the extent that that's even remotely possible in today's world but i've got to be a realist and say it and what is this horseshit with these documents that when he was vice president current president biden i mean who packs these people i mean I can understand Trump going, you know, getting the lowball estimate on movers and packers, you know, but I, I just I'm surprised that Mr. Biden was was if he was indeed as careless as it appears he was. You really think it's carelessness, though? Well, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because you the, you, you can't get a straight uh, uh, accounting from the media in today's world, I don't care where you turn, what channel or what outlet, they've they've all got an agenda of one type or another, and they we we every ever since Watergate, everybody is looking for the next big political scandal, and that was fucked 50 years ago, and we've just every couple of months there's some new urgency that they've thrust upon us, and 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 it's got to be the next horror uh, 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 for everybody to be upset about, and not all of them qualify to get in into a, 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 your, your, your knickers into a bunch over, you know, I think. Because if everything is of equal intensity and severity, then nothing is. Or have I got that wrong? I don't know anymore. No, I don't, I don't think you've got it wrong. I just... <laughs> I mean, it's a little weird to me, but then again, classify. You know, I'm, I I tend to look and say, listen, you know, Biden didn't Biden didn't claim to declassify them with his mind powers, <laughs> and yes. he didn't have them stored in a U-Haul self storage unit for God's sakes. Um, and you know the 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 National Archives didn't have to beg and plead for a freaking year. No, and there wasn't a there. It wasn't like an FBI operation. And you now know, you've got Republicans saying, well, "Why didn't the FBI? Why didn't the FBI raid Biden like they raided our God Emperor?" Because well, because he did everything right. You find out about this, you go, "Oh fuck," and then you deal with it. Wasn't there a song or children's rhyme about why why is one thing not like another? One of these things is not like the other. One of these things does not belong. Yes. Yes. Well, that that this is a perfect example of that. Isn't that wasn't that the electric company? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I pay the bill every month, and that's the last I hear from them until. <laughs> not different electric company. Oh. Oh, you mean the PBS electric? Company. Yeah. Or maybe it oh. was Zoom. Uh, I don't. I remember Zoom. I think. 
I remember the electric company and there's Sesame Street and there was another one. There was Sesame Street, the electric company, and Zoom. And See, I, I was the wrong generation. I was, you know, you were saying something earlier that made me think that we were so informed. I think it was Gina Lola Brigida you were talking about. Without Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brother cartoons, we would be... I learned, I learned about classical music from Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. I learned about literature. And then, you know, yeah, George, George Jetson... Um, I think I forget what the plot was. Jane was afraid he wasn't in love with her anymore, or something. Or she, maybe she was just feeling bad about her. But she entered some sort of beauty pageant, and you were deep into it, weren't Gina you? Gina Lola Jupiter. <laughs> and my dad would sit there watching, and I remember, you know, Gina Lola Jupiter, and he'd get this smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. And it was another decade or more before I found out who Gina Lola Brigida was. And I went, oh, Gina Lola Jupiter. <laughs> uh, you know, because those guys were really, really sharp and culturally adept. Well, and, and uh, not to get off into animation, ain't you, but... Land sakes, but, Wolfie, ain't you going to eat me? Ain't got time, Granny, hit the bricks. Yeah. <laughs> Anna and Barbara were they headed up the MGM uh, 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 movie film company their animation division right and then they went and then they went out on their own on a on a very low budget basis yeah and they couldn't even they couldn't even pay Mel Blanc what he was worth but he liked what they were doing yeah and they did a slew of things they did the Flintstones they did the Jetsons they did. Um, oh God! Uh, 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 the the Canadian Mountie. Uh, oh, Dudley Do. Dudley Do Right. Yeah. This girl Nell. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and then there was the. Well, they did Yogi Bear. Well, yeah, and Huckleberry Hound. Oh, Yogi! Now I'm all sticky. Quick, uh, girl, Yeah. <laughs> hey, Snagglepuss, Snaggletooth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you exit uh, stage left. Uh, 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 the Mises, uh, I hate Mises to pieces. Yeah, yeah, I James? hate Mises to pieces. Yeah. Trixie and Dixie, the little mice. Do you mm -hmm. know them? Yeah. Jesus, here comes my Saturday morning back in the 60s. It was like three straight hours of Hannibal Vera. Yeah, well, you saw them. You probably saw them in the first run. I mean, these were oh, deep yeah. into reruns by the time I was watching them. Yeah. But, uh, and now, I, I and, just, and you know, and then along comes Scooby Doo and the voiceover talents of Casey Kasem and Soiks. I didn't, I didn't, there, I didn't do Scooby Doo, and I didn't do uh, what was that other one that I thought was just too silly? George of the Jungle it just didn't move me. But anything Warner Brothers, oh, yeah. most most anything uh, of Jay Ward and Bill Scott, Rocky and Bullwinkle, and all that crew. Although I think George of the Jungle were from Jay Ward, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, by the way, I, I need to send out a thank you to Emilio. <laughs> uh, we were at Goose Egg. Emilio got us off the Schneid. We are now down to ninety-three dollars. Um, or two hundred and ninety-three dollars, I should say, two ninety-three. And there's a challenge on the table, courtesy of Stephen New York. Uh, 
Nine, a $9.80 challenge in honor of the 98-yard fumble recovery for the Bengals last night. Who day? Yeah, I saw, I saw that. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. And, you know, away he went. Who were they, who were they playing? Uh, they were playing the uh, uh, Ravens. Balmer. Balmer, yeah. Balmer, yeah. And, you yeah, know, they I had a second-string really quarterback in, and some pissed-off running back this morning said, you know, if we'd had Lamar Jackson, uh, he would have made that touchdown. Eh. Well, these, these they don't call the Monday morning quarterbacks for nothing because... Well, he was a Monday morning tailback. Or whatever. I'd say I don't... I don't, I don't even... By the way, thank you to Lee in New York serving as the Horn Ad Hoc uh, Trivia Research Department. Gina Lola Jupiter, glamorous foreign movie star. She appears at the Miss Solar System contest. She hopes to contribute a little something to the contest festivities. She advises the girls from the beauty contest to understand the proper way of walking. She says walking is very important and it can mean the difference between winning and losing. Uh, okay. Well, you can't argue with that. And George resigned. George resigned from her fan club because he realized how beautiful Jane really was. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God, the things we get into. Hey, let me bring yep. the uh, let me bring the stress line on. I don't I don't know who we got, but uh, it could see. be anyone. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello. You're on. You caught them unawares. Well, we'll just keep it. We'll keep it up there, and then if, if if they decide to talk, we'll say hello. Of course, I like to say hello, Dimitri. <laughs> uh, well, you know, um, we're getting to that time of year, approaching it anywhere, anyway, where uh, TCM goes all in for. Uh, Either Oscar winners or Oscar no- nominees. Oh yeah, that's always fun. Oh God, I just love uh, when they do that. And you know what I watched over the weekend? The first two parts. You remember that's entertainment. Oh yes. The retrospectives of. All I love those. I they're on. Uh, I guess uh, they're on my watch list. They were. Oh, wait a minute. The mothership's here, Robin. <laughs> I wondered what the hell that was. <laughs> that sounded like the noise from uh, that that uh, that movie Contact, that, that shrieking, screechy thing that eventually resolves into Hitler opening the 1936 Olympics. Oh, oh well, I just spoiled it for people who haven't seen it. It's only a couple or three decades old. NBC Moscow calling NBC New York. Come in. Well, there they went. <laughs> that was perfectly timed. <laughs> I didn't mean to frighten them. I was just... No, it, it, I have the, this blooper tape of this guy in uh, uh, in the NBC bureau. In, in, the hell is there that? He is. Oh, oh uh, hello, stress line person. Are you there? Over. Hello? Yeah, hello. Who who be, who, who that? Uh, well, I just... Where did you add me onto the call? Um, like four, I'm, four or five minutes ago, and I just left you. I just well, hi Tracy. I, I just apologize. left you. Open. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. 
Are you home? <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, actually, I, I I just got after, well, I was on my way to go get tacos at my favorite taco joint, and then I realized, motherfuckers ain't open on Monday, so now I'm pulling into In-N-Out, so uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold, and I'm going to order my food, and then I'll come back. <laughs> okay, get something yummy. Oh, in and out. I will. <laughs> okay. You know, they have. I saw something on the news the other day. They've taken them further east. Well, I think. Did, didn't they open up one in Texas and there was a line like 10 miles long to get an in oh, and out? Yeah, people waiting eight hours to. Uh... You know, frankly, you can keep your. I mean, I probably won't eat any more fast food burgers if I'm able to stick to my guns. Um,. But you can, I've never had In-N-Out. Maybe it's as wonderful as they say. But for my money, give me Culver's. See, I didn't find it to be. When I got here, even when I had visited a couple of times, people said, oh, you must try, next time you're here, you must try In-N-Out. And I gave it a couple of honest tries, Robin. I honestly did. And I'm no great connoisseur of burgers, but... Oh, I'm a connoisseur of burgers. From, from, from what I was told, I was led to believe they were going to really be you know, take-you-home sort of experiences, Epicurean delights or whatever. And I was, I won't say it was a nothing burger, but it was not to me as advertised. And I was put off by the goddamn uh, Bible verses. By the Bible verses, yeah. We've got a a joint over in Beckley that I guess is like a southeastern chain now called, oh, what is it? Uh, Thumpers? No, no. uh, uh, Cookout. Cookout. That's what it's called. Cookout. <laughs> and you get it, you know, everything has a you know freaking what? Bible verse on it. If I wanted Bible, I'd go to Chick fil A. And Scott? Yeah. Yeah. Scott, you know what? I, you guys, as all these years that I've been going to In and Out, pretty much because, you know, I've lived in LA all my life. But, uh, well, actually, I take that, I have lived in LA all my life. But with In and Out, they weren't in LA City. They were LA County, like Baldwin Park and like San Gabriel Valley. So mm-hmm. I really didn't have my first In and Out burger until seriously until like nineteen eighty six or so. Um and Scott, you know what, sweetheart? You are absolutely right. It is not all that, but I really wanted tacos and there's a taco guy, people that set up these this huge, elaborate, uh, it's not even a taco stand, it's kind of a taco experience, and they do the homemade tortillas, it's a, it's, it's, it's a uh, um, I wouldn't, I can't think of the word because my brain isn't working and it hasn't been working lately, but anyway, they have the best tacos, and I got off on the freeway on Sherman Way specifically to get the tacos, and then as I got off the freeway, I'm like, fuck, they're not there on Monday. So I'm like, okay, fuck it, I'll just get in and out. Because I'll know, you know, because uh, I haven't eaten since I left Portland. And yes, I'm home, technically, but I had a wonderful time. I, I got to see Chris, um, but mostly it was, I, I was, I spent time, just my, me and my son time. And let me tell y'all, um, of course, I missed him terribly already. Oh, God. Uh, okay. I'm not going to do <laughs> But he's doing so well. 
but I still I miss him so much. But anyway, he's we had a great time. We went to the Oregon Historical Society, and, and you know me. I was reading, and they had this big this plaque. I think I took a picture of it. Basically, say, okay, yeah, we never really, you know, we have a lot of work to make up for the fact that we haven't, you know, in the past, we acknowledged nobody in Oregon except for white people. So <laughs> I, we have to do better. Um, but they, uh, one of the exhibits they were talking about, the first black woman to actually get a homestead in Oregon. And um, and they had part of the Motown ex- exhibit for the, on, um, on loan from the Grammy Museum out here. Um, and uh, you saw the food that we ate. We went bowling. We went... <laughs> I have a thing about horror movies, and Jan doesn't really like them. So Alex and I went and saw Megan. Um, about the <laughs> the scary AI dog, murderous dog that actually gives Chucky a run for his money. Let me tell you. Um, and Saturday we went bowling with my sister and another cousin. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see my niece and my great niece because they were um, the baby was sick, and my niece's husband was sick, so we didn't get the chance to see them. But it was just. I didn't rather because he was up there. So, uh, but and then yesterday we went to the casino. That's Chris met us up at the casino. Uh, we went and had brunch, which was not all that. But again, it, it was just about spending time with Alex. And then we went and saw Moulin Rouge. Chris, Alex, and I. It was because you, you're a you're, you're a you're a you're a you're a you're the Moulin Rouge fan girl. I know that. Huge fan girl. This is this last night was my third time seeing it, and um, I was talking to my sister because she went and saw it Wednesday. But <laughs> my sister, I love her, but sometimes I'm like, "Are you sure you're not blonde?" Uh, her and her husband they went to the wrong theater, so they missed the first ten minutes of the show, which is the most amazing opening act you've ever seen in a musical. And so I told her, I said, okay, we have to go and do a bit, a little sister, big sister trip to New York so we can see it on Broadway. Ooh, that'd be fun. And speaking of so, which, because I know you've seen it now, I know you've seen it now. I don't often do the, oh, you got to see this, but the, it, you know where I'm going. The other night, it was like, eh, mm-hmm. what are we going to watch? And then I noticed, um, what is it, Peacock, I think? They've got, and you watch ads at the front, and then it's uninterrupted for the rest of the time. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. What? Oh my God! A wonderful, wonderful movie. I saw it. I'm going to watch it again at at home so I can see it on the bigger screen. But I watched it. I. It's so funny because I always forget. I'm not going to pay for Wi-Fi on the plane. And I had gotten on the plane, and I had remember on, on my way to Portland, and I remembered I told you I was going to watch it on the plane, because the flight was about, the flight to is about two and a half hours, and it's about a two-hour movie. And I had just enough time before we took off to watch it, you know, and download it, rather. And so you did 
watch it? Yes, I watched it on the plane. And it was, I was just, it was like you said, baby. It was old-time Hollywood. I mean, I saw it all coming. Thank you. I saw it coming a mile away, but still, I didn't care. But it was, it was, a, cl- it was a classic that. Hollywood fairy tale. The, the minute, you know, granted, it's two, you know, two very romantic um, settings. But the first thing I thought of was Roman Holiday. You know, Gregory Peck, Audrey Hepburn. Yes! Only, you know, about 45 degrees different. I, I, lo- I loved it. I loved the, 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 every character. You know, it was just... Uh, and, you know, it, it centers on the House of Dior. And when they did the fashion show, it's like... Annette and I were sitting there watching it together. And it's like, no, not that one. No, not that one. Yeah, maybe that one. And then, of course, we both immediately landed on the dress that she wanted. And I don't want to do any more giveaways, but um, it was it was it was just a delight. It was just a delightful film. At, at the end of it, I was just so, because I don't feel that way about movies that often anymore. I just felt really glad that I had spent ninety minutes watching that. Well, help me out because I I know that the title. Like it was the perfect. Uh, who was in it? Who's I know the plot and the title, but I can't remember who's in it. Um, you. I didn't. The 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 lead, Mrs. Harris. She's a she's a CBE, a commander of the British Empire. She so she's been almost almost knighted. Um, uh, I was not that familiar with her work. Um, oh, what was? And I didn't really recognize. Um anybody but oh, it's wow. a beautiful the only person that I recognized was um, brother man that played the Archie he was the one of the bad guys from Harry Potter yes Jason he, Isaac. yeah he was he was um, he was daddy Malfoy yeah he was daddy Malfoy Leslie and Leslie so, Manville plays Mrs. <laughs> Harris Alba Baptista plays Natasha Lucas Bravo plays Andre. Jason Act- Isaacs is Archie. Um, Isabel Huppert. Um, and and it, just all the little storylines. And, and and when they when they get her up on the up on the platform to measure her, and they take her measurements. You know, this is an older old. This is an older woman, and they. You have the proportions of a model. Oh, my little heart went pitter-pat, and little tears welled up Whoa. in the corners of my eyes. Well, I have to watch it, because I know I know I it, was but I... Scott, it's just a beautiful film. Oh. Is it one of those that you, you and, just, like, and I was just like... You glad, glad you took the time once you yeah, watched it? Yeah, yeah, I'm just... It was, the, yes. it was just 90 minutes well spent in a, uh, in a, in a totally... Mostly escapist, you know, kind of kind of thing. You know that there's no real the, the closest you come to actual villains in it. Well, I mean, well, well, you can't you can't you can't say well. No. Try to, well, there was this obvious the obvious villains were the people who felt like told her that she didn't belong there, you know, because she is a cleaning woman. 
Yeah, she's a clean and lady. And you're like, well, and she wants a know, Dior dress, damn it. So, and she was whole couture. And they're like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, know. why don't you go and to Woolworths? And just that blah, 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 but with a French accent. Le blah, you know? le blah, le blah. But, um, thank you, thank you, sis. Thank you, sis. But, yeah, no, it was, like I said, I watch, I don't typically watch, you know, I watch episodic television on my phone, but watching movies, I usually don't. But I, I, I make the effort because, like I said, I, I like I told you, I started watching on, the, on my outbound flight, and then I realized, like I said, I'm like, shit, I got to download it. And I had just enough time because I got upgraded to first class. So I got to board the plane early. Um, and so I had just enough time before the plane took off that I still, that I, you know, I was on 5G. You know, we hadn't taken, you know, we hadn't started taxing or anything. And, um, but it was, I just really enjoyed the movie. And like I said, when I get home, um, I'm going to watch it on, you know, my 75 inch television. Okay, shut up. Uh, but, Oh, so, like, you know, as you guys know, I went up to the Pacific Northwest and, you know, visited my son, and um, I, you know, had to deal with my brother-in-law, and actually, he was very subdued. His, his, his brother, who had been very sick for a long time, so I got in Thursday night, and um, we had me and Alex and my sister had all these plans. And Friday morning, uh, I called my mom because I sent her, I think I sent you the picture too, Robin. And it was fucking seven o'clock at night, y'all. And it was dark as I, it was so dark. I'm like, when I woke up and I looked outside the window, I seriously thought it was still nighttime. The fucking sun hadn't risen yet. I'm like, what in the world? And so I called my mom. Seven o'clock in the morning? <laughs> No sun, y'all. I mean, I was like, "That happens ah, up this north." This is some bullshit. Uh, didn't you know? I, that last bitch, I know that shit, shit, but goddammit, I'm from here. That's a, look. That's why I don't live in Alaska, <laughs> motherfucker. Shit. So, <laughs> so I I called well, my mom just, and I started talking, and she's like, "Pop your." Just, <laughs> Thankfully, you didn't see the aurora borealis. You would have really freaked. You know the fucking northern lights. Okay, and so <laughs> I um I called my mom and she I started talking. She's like, wait a minute, and she interrupted me, and she's like, have you talked to Alex? And I said no. Um, so she's like, well, because um my brother-in-law, sister-in-law called my mom because he he lives in North Carolina and my mom has you know, spend time with him um, before he, you know, because whenever, um, like, once they they would do this, this trip, Rachel and Bob, they would, like, it was their East Coast pilgrimage. Um, they would basically start at my mom's house and then go see his brother uh, as well in North Carolina um, and then go, I think, like, to Pennsylvania and New York, I think, because I think Bob's from Pennsylvania somewhere anyway. So anywho, um, my mom's like, well, um, 
you know, Bob's brother died. His wife has been trying to get a hold of Bob and Rachel, but nobody's answering the phone. So then I tried to call. I kept calling Alex. He finally called me back. And I told him what happened. And I said, please go knock on the door and, you know, let Rachel or let Bob know what's going on. And he's like, okay, so he said, I'll call you back. So he calls me back and he's like, well, they didn't answer the, I couldn't, they didn't answer the door. I said, well, why do you knock and just announce yourself? He's like, because they both have guns and I didn't want to be shot at. Well, there's that. So, anywho, so once I got past that, because you did not, you know, I didn't say anything. I just said, okay. So, finally, Rachel finally called me. She woke up and finally called me, and I told her what happened. And so, you know, and so that kind of threw everything off for our weekend, but it still turned out nice. But here is some exciting news. So, as I don't know if you guys, you know, Alex moved to, to to Portland and he's been living with Rachel and Bob so and of course you guys have heard me over the past few years about my brother-in-law who is a Trumper and so um, Alex has been there for about a, a, over a year now and because the only, the only news that Bob watches of course is faux news well because of me my wonderful son is influenced Guess who's been listening to NPR? Yes, my brother-in-law. Well, he he's, he's, he's listening. He's listening to find out what the libs are up to. Well, no, actually, here Alex has been, you know, chipping away at him, and they've actually because Alex does not let him get away with the bullshit because. See, I'm, you know, hit motherfuckers over the head with a two-by-four, right? But Alex is the polar opposite of me. He'll make a point, and he's, he's very subtle about stuff. Because I, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm kind of argumentative. I know. It's, it's shocking. I know. Um, but they've actually had conversations, and he's, you know... I don't think he'll ever stop voting Republican. I'm not stupid enough to think that. But in the time that Alex has been there, he's made more progress with his the way. Because even I kind of noticed a change in him because usually I just really want to strangle his ass. But again, I like I said, it was. It, I mean, and, and granted, we, I didn't spend that much time with him. Because I didn't see him until Sunday when we all went to brunch. Uh, but uh, it was just, I just had a great time, y'all. And I, I like I said, I, I so desperately miss my son. But again, he's happy. He's thriving. And um, the thing is, though, he's still, you know, we're still trying to get him out of the house. So him and Chris really hit it off. And so they're going to be making plans to hang out and stuff like that. So, yay. It's, I, I, I need another well, white had, guy. He had a, he had a gorgeous <laughs> smile. He just had the biggest old smile on his face. And and that was just beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's my baby. That, 
My son is gorgeous. I mean, of course, I'm incredibly biased, but I've been told by other folks that my son is gorgeous. So it's just confirmation that I, I've, I've already known that my baby's gorgeous. But, yeah, no, it was... Another thing about Oregon, y'all, the people are so freaking polite. Okay, I have been there since Thursday, right? And I just left this afternoon. Do you know that I did not hear one person blow their horn the whole time I was there? That's one of the things Alex pointed out to me. He's like, it was just really weird. He's like, I've met the people are so polite they let you out, you know, they don't run you over trying, you know, and, and try to, you know, not constantly jockeying for position. They don't cut you off on the freeway, blah, blah, blah. But what he did point out to me, and it became a game. Anytime we saw somebody driving like an asshole, he's like, they're more than likely for Washington. And yeah, every time, oh, every a, time, oh, Robin, oh, 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 okay. We have a, we have a thing here. Um, and it's almost it's almost a hundred percent foolproof with another state. Yes. And it was, but it was just. Uh, Were you on the eastern huh? end of eastern Oregon or western? Because there's I've never been up there, but I hear there's a difference. Dude, if you're in the eastern. Dude, end of okay, well. Go ahead. Oh yeah, no. Were you like a, you might as well be in Idaho and all that fuck? No, no. They're in the western part. Well, the eastern Oregon contingent's going to be heard from, I'm sure. (laughs) But um, that was, I guess, the western part because I was over by the airport. Um, But I saw the the movie, and when Alex and I went to the movies, we we went to Vancouver, Washington to see the movie, which was only 15 minutes from the airport. (laughs) So... We so I we went to Washington to go to the movies, and we went to Washington to go to the casino, and then Chris and I after the um, we went to back to the casino after we saw Moulin Rouge. Alex went home because um, he had to be at, he had to get up at six o'clock in the morning um, to go to work today, and I'm like because <laughs> Chris had today off. I said, how do white work is Martin Luther King Day off and my son didn't. But <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, but no, he, he, you know, we had a really, really good time. And, uh, I thought pro- he promised me that we would, he would, we would visit more often. Cause I said, I, I, I can't go months without seeing my child. It's just, it's, it's too hard on me. Um, now I know how my mom feels about, well, my middle brother's in North Carolina with her, and my brother Solomon. He's in Georgia, so they're you yeah, know they're not that far. I haven't seen my youngest. But, I haven't seen you know, but to have I haven't seen my youngest in five years. See, so never, it's, I've never it's, I've never met my little grandson. I, I, I just I don't know how people do it, Robin. I just that's well, not my choice. I, I can't. It's just. It's, Oh, I know. It's just, it's just, you know, but I'm glad, you know, that I got to see him and I'm looking forward to, you know, the next visit and stuff like that. But, um, you were talking about smoking 
mm-hmm. earlier in the. Did I hear you correctly? Because I, I I tuned in. Not you were basically ending it. So these motherfuckers. So they're gonna be able to smoke. And on the on on the con on the Congress's floor. So what? I mean, where no, are they you won't be. They smoke? won't be able to smoke Everywhere. on the floor, but they can smoke in their offices, and the hallways will stink, and you know, smoke in their committee rooms and. So, you know, non smokers who go in there will have to breathe that filth, you know, because, you know, they're 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 killing themselves with lung cancer. They're you know, they're working on their lung cancer to own the libs. Why why is it Well, it's like for me because you know, Jan smokes in the house. And so and I don't smoke. And so the last time I went to the doctor, I guess I'm going to the doctor because I I could feel the eye roll on me. Shut up. Um They asked, he's like, I know you don't smoke, but I can hear tell by your lung capacity that you live with someone who smokes, that you are constantly, you know, um, um, inhaling secondhand smoke. And I'm like, yes. And so Jan got on my, she called, I called her this morning to let her know, you know, that I was on my way to the airport. And she's like, you need to go to the doctor because you can't get rid of that cough. And I want, and it took everything I had not to say, well, even if I get, how am I to get rid of the fucking cough if you don't stop smoking in the house? I'm not asking her. I mean, of course, the ultimate goal is for her to stop smoking, period. But to stop smoking in the house, the shit reeks. Okay. She's, I don't know. She's delusional in the idea that just because she smokes in one small corner of the house, that I'm like, it doesn't, I said, smoke goes everywhere. And it doesn't matter that you smoke and, and there's, we have, you know, these fake air filters or what have you. Bitch, I'm dying. I'm not saying I'm dying, but it's like, you're slowly killing me. And I don't even smoke. I can't. I, well, I, I've, yeah, I've been I mean, having issues every, with everything, everything, everything changed for me when I quit. Um, and it, it just, yeah. Whew, yeah. Um, by the way, I meant to tell you, you, you didn't, you didn't know it, but you started the burger wars in the Horn family community congregation. I knew that would happen. I just saw yeah, it. I it could, it couldn't. Well, not. I knew it was coming. You know, so, uh, shorty in LA who just, by the way, took us down to, uh, uh, 193. No, uh, thank you. Um, uh, Ralphs responded to Steve's challenge, so we got down to we're down to 180 dollars to go. Uh, Yay! Uh, fundraiser, and it was just a 300 dollar day, so we're down to 180 dollars to go on that. It would be great if we could pull that uh, off. And then, like I said, the burger wars because Shorty chimed in and said. Um, Fud Ruckers forever. So we've got uh, we've we've got a we got a Fud vote, and then I heard from Elbert in Rhode Island who said I'm from Houston. When I visit Houston, we go to Whataburger as soon as we leave the airport. Whataburger. Whataburger is valid. Uh, there's a there there there's a Whataburger there are Whataburgers uh, all all along the uh, Gulf Coast down there. Um, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and they're genuinely respectable burgers. Um, you know, 
I never found out, speaking of burgers, Robin, on your trips to D.C., and I know you haven't had one. In a I week. never – I make it to – I always – well, yeah, I haven't been in forever because it's on the list, I've, and it's it's still a going concern. And I – what's the name of it again? Ollie's, Ollie's Trolley. Ollie's Trolley or just Ollie Burgers. Sometimes you used to sit down, walk in, sit down place. But I'm going to check and see if they have them in other parts of the country. There may be one, and I'm not aware of it. Not in this state. Really? Yeah. No, that's too uh, bad. But, uh, <laughs> nope. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Brother Deacon Asa said, In-N-Out does have one thing going for it. Those patties have a respectable crust. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but the, the, the problem with In-N-Out Burger, because my mother's hilarious. She's beyond like, the Bible verses? I might as well be eating pepperoni. You know, that's what I was meant to say. In all these years that I have been eating In-N-Out Burger, because and until you know a few years back, y'all said so. I'm like, what Bible verses? I had no fucking clue because I don't, you know. Oh, they I, I'm like, Tracy. I had no they clue that there were Bible verses. I just wonder. I wonder if they've ever put and Lot was a righteous man. You know. I'm sorry. I don't, I was, I'm looking at a cup right now. Look under the cup. Where, so where are the Bible verses? Because I, I got a, I have a, a under a the cup in my hand. Under the and cup in the rim, the inner rim of the. Uh, I think, as I recall, it's been a while. Oh, here we go in the shake. Here it goes. Proverbs three five on my shake, Watch but it's not it. one on the. the and then the John three sixteen. Oh my God! All these years, y'all. All these fucking years. I yeah, know, you know, it kind of reminds me of back when we started the war against Afghanistan, and we found out that there was an arms manufacturer who was who was carving a, 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 a or, or incising a Bible verse into like the barrel of the of the uh, uh, automatic rifles that we were equipping our troops with. No way. Oh, well, speaking speaking of Bible, y'all, speaking of Bible, y'all, so, you know, Alex, I stayed in a hotel because my my sister and brother all live in BFB in Oregon, and I'm like, I want to be close to the city because I don't like being in BFE. And so, anywho, um, don't come to West we were staying at the Hyatt, the Hyatt <laughs> um, by the airport. And so Alex is opening the drawers, and he's like, "There's a Bible." I said, "There's they still so Gideon Bibles are still an uncle. I have in all the hotels that I've been in in the last few years, I haven't seen a Gideon Bible in a million years. You're kidding me! So I was like, <laughs> "So I the Hyatt in by the the Hyatt house is it the Hyatt house or the Hyatt Park Place or whatever it is." By Portland International Airport, y'all, in the drawer, there was a a, a fucking uh, give me a mile. I haven't been in a motel room or a hotel room that didn't have one. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I haven't. I uh, maybe because I haven't seen. That's the thing because you know, Jen and I go to Vegas all the time, and I hadn't seen a Gideon Bible in in years. So I was like, "Wow!" Well, I I wouldn't. I didn't even know they still existed. 
I wouldn't think that the Vegas hotels would have Bibles. I mean, they can't, they burst into flame whenever they're brought in by the cartload into the <laughs> facility. Yeah. Well, I mean, if any place needs a damn Bible, it would be in fucking Vegas. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's you know, for, the, for that goddamn sinner. <laughs> so I was like, so I was, I was shocked. I tell you, shocked. I'm like, because I was just like, where the hell is there a Bible? I said, son, back in the day, Gideon, every hotel room, motel room that you went to, there was a Gideon Bible in the nightstand. So, yeah. So that part. Well, fellas, I am going to go in my house and eat my food. You did not just fella me. Well, she followed one of us, and I don't think it was you. It was so plural. I, okay, Okay. Okay. Good night, folks. I am so sorry that I, I just fuck you, Robin. God damn it! You know you're you're just you're just trying to be ugly because I'm a okay. I see what you did, what you're doing there. I'm there. You're just being ugly because of the pictures of the food that I sent you while I was in Portland, and that I'm about to go in my house and eat an In-N-Out burger. I right, okay. Whatever, bitch. You earned it. You, you earned it, Chad. You're feeling really. You earned it. I'm feeling really bad that I that I accidentally misgendered you. That I thought about. I'm like, oh, bitch, no. Okay, okay, I see you. She I was, see she, what you're doing. I was just like, I was just sitting, I, there, I was just sitting there in the weeds <laughs> waiting. Uh, no, you no. You, you, you don't know okay. what. You, now here I am trying trying to acclimate myself to never enjoying food again, and she's sending me these pictures from this. <laughs> this 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 restaurant that's got all this beautiful in Oregon, this beautiful southern food and the biscuits and the gravy and the shrimp and the grits and the grits were just swimming in melted cheese and and then the next thing it's a series of pictures of a freaking burrito. God <laughs> damn it. With homemade with homemade flour tortilla, by the way, Robin. Oh, I don't get it. Yeah, rub it in. Well, at least you ain't got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you, knock as, your as, ass. It's as, like as, twisting it. Okay. At least you don't got no culvers out there. I don't got one either. But you know, that's the best burger. Period. Because you can get cheese I've been curves. to culvers. I've been to culvers in. I've been to culvers because I, one of my both of my nieces worked there at one point in in Georgia. Oh shit! It's cold. Um. I just—it's colder in LA right now than it was in Oregon. Um, but I've been—I'm sorry. To me, from LA, the OG in and out, not in and out, uh, fat burger. Because I mean, yeah, I like five guys, but I don't really oh, think I need burger. to take—I don't want to yeah. have to take out a, a, a second mortgage on my house just to eat a goddamn hamburger. Yeah, that's the thing. Five guys—you know—you can. Five guys. This is just a general reference, but you can sit down and have dinner at, at you know, a sit-down dinner at freaking Outback Steakhouse, and you can, for what you spend at Five Guys. You know, we've got one. Exactly. Not Absolutely. From here. You get cable. Look. Go, Scott. Still, Go ahead, I still Scott. haven't gone to, to, uh, to Five Guys, and everybody raves about it. Well, I mean, the, fr okay. the, the fries are fantastic. No, the burgers are good. The burgers are good, but but you don't. I mean, literally, I, and and Robin and I are not. You know, both of us 
sperm can be prone to hyperbole. But I, there is no lie. You go to Five Guys and you if you get a burger, fries, and shake or soda or whatever, I don't know if they do shake. You're crossing but twenty bucks. I don't remember, rather. You're crossing no, baby, twenty bucks. Closer to thirty. Yeah. You, you know, you're slapping thirty dollars per fucking person, and I'm like, motherfucker. Okay, so like I just went to In and Out, and I, one of the good things about In and Out, they they are really reasonable. So I got Janet Double Double. I got myself a cheeseburger animal style, two orders of fries. I got a shake, and Jan got a lemonade. Nineteen dollars. For 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 this day and age, so that's I got not two insane. Birds, two orders yeah. of fries. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's a beautiful thing, especially LA prices, y'all. Yeah. Come on now. You'd be no, but, anyway, but if you, but if you were in five in, guys, you know, that had been that had been forty five bucks. Well, what do they right. make their burgers from? I mean, to charge that type of money for a fucking hamburger? It's, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, and and the other burger, the other burger, I don't, the other burger I don't know not, what it is. But yeah, go ahead. I mean, the 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 you know a no, regular no, no, no. a regular order that. of fries is literally a a a convenience store brown paper sack full of french fries so i mean they're not short near anything their are regular they burger is a they, double are the fries skinny no or are they uh, no they're uh, they're thick and they're perfectly crispy no. on the outside and all wonderful and mushy on the inside oh i i would love I'll probably that. never eat another one do they deliver not nah, well maybe doordash yeah, I'm well, they might. Out. If you have grandpa babies, they, they probably do. But anyway, I got to go. I'm going in the house. Go, I love you guys. Go eat Bye. your burger. <laughs> love you. So uh, the the other burger joint that hasn't gotten any love here, not, maybe maybe because the Midwestern contingent hasn't uh, chimed in, uh, Steak and Shake. Oh, I love Steak and Shake. You know, they take those little burger pucks that are about the size of a sausage patty, and they're frozen as hard as can be, and they throw them on the grill, and then they do the thing with the two spatulas until they've they got... They smash the hell out of them. Yeah, and, you know, and I thought of them when uh, Brother Deacon was talking about the fact that the patties have a respectable crust. There is no hamburger with a prettier lace edge than a steak and shake burger. I can't... I'm trying to think. It's got to be 25, 30 years since I've been to Steak and Shake. And they they really you know they really are good of course uh, for anybody who ever finds their way to Florence Alabama it's a little hole in the wall it's called Stag's Grocery and there is no better hamburger on planet Earth it's uh, uh, this this uh, this lovely woman owns it she worked her ass off there from like when she started working there when she was a teenager and eventually bought the place and she What's hasn't it changed called? it a bit it's called Stag's Grocery. Huh. And you can get a wonderful breakfast there on a styrofoam plate in the morning. They make their biscuit. You know, these are real biscuits. These aren't freaking McDonald's biscuits. These are the, these are the real deal. And uh, the burgers, you know, they 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 patty them out by hand. They put them on the grill, and uh, and then they take the bun. You know, while it's once while the burger's still cooking, when it's almost done, they hit the, they put the cheese on it so it'll melt real pretty. And then they, 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 they toast the bun in the hamburger grease. There's something yeah. magical that happens there. Yeah. 
and you know, I'll, I'll I will allow myself that when I get back to Florence again because a uh, Stagsburg, there were there were different there, there was a place in Florence called, um, oh God, my dad would stop there when he was coming home from the four to twelve and get burgers and coffee. Um, when he was coming home from work, and he'd come home, and him and my mom would sit there and have burgers and coffee at like one o'clock in the morning. And little bitty me would crawl up between them and have little bites of fries and burgers. Uh, oh, what was the name? And then, and then whoever was doing those burgers went out to Shoals Creek and set up a place called the Galley, and that was where those burgers were. And then Stag's Grocery. And they were all identical, and they were just heavenly, absolute. And 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 Stag's Grocery is still, and of course it's not a chain, so you're only gonna it there. Um, let's see, Freddy's Frozen Custard. Asa says they have a pretty respectable smash burger too, you know, like like uh, Steak and Shake does. God, this is just this is just hell on me. By the way, in case you're wondering, Scott. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking uh, that's another thing I've not had for years is frozen custard. I think the last time. Well, see, I Culver's had it, Culver's is famous for their frozen custard. There was a place in in it's been I mean I remember it from from young childhood, five six years old, and they had outside of it a large concrete polar bear. This was in Northern I, Virginia. Yeah, just uh, if you're ever in Alexandria, go be- go down there around First Street. There's an old theater called the Virginia Theater, and they were in the parking lot behind Hot Chops, if the Hot Chops still exist. But it was a frozen custard place. God, I can't – Becker's or Baker's or something like that, I think was the name of it. But God, that was we would go watch my brother, my older brother, play little league baseball, and if we behaved ourselves, uh, they would take us to uh, to the to the polar bear place that we didn't even know the name of it when we were that young. And God, the it was actual frozen custard, Robin. It wasn't soft serve. It was like the real deal. That's the way Culver's is. It's yeah, it, yeah none of this stuff from. No, and that goopy stuff that Wendy's passes off for their uh, what uh, frosties? Oh, those things are oh, disgusting. No, no, no. I don't they're, think there's any milk involved with that. It's just vegetable oil. You ever seen a melted frosty? They're disgusting. No, I don't think I want to. Ugh. But well, I'm. Uh, this must be Burger Night at the Horn. Well, apparently it is. I've got in. I they came the. Uh, I get them from Amazon. This like multiple uh, servings of uh, White Castles, and they're not as good as getting them at an actual White Castle, you know, a drive-up in the dead of night. But I'm telling you, the, the the frozen ones are not that bad if you cook them right. Uh, they are. Oh no, uh, the, the frozen crystals and frozen White Castles—they're not terrible. Ooh, crystals, yeah, that's another. T- where are they uh, based? Uh, uh, I think like I think the first crystal was started in Nashville. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was uh, uh, there's a crystal. The first crystal when I come out of West Virginia, headed for Alabama, is at like Vanceburg or Olive Hill, Kentucky, on I-64 before you get to Lexington. And I always used to stop there. I'd leave here, wouldn't eat, make sure I'm good and hungry. But every crystal I've been to in the last couple of years, the quality is way off. 
So uh, I don't I don't know what's going on there, but it's going on. Well, one of these days we're going to have to get you into the nation's capital, and if they're still around, get you into an Ollie's. Because well, if I get back to I DC, just... I will. I want to go back. I we got to have a we got to have a strategy meeting about the AK Act. Um, see where we're going in this madcap Congress. We have oh, to God, we have I, to we have to get that bill reintroduced. I would be afraid if I were like an activist or a lobbyist or visiting the various members, I'd almost be afraid to go into the place in today's uh, uh, world, at least on the House side, because those fuckers are crazy. Yeah, there'll They're, probably be a Republican standing on a corner. Hey, lady, you want a cigarette? Well, it, it would be, you know, you almost. Where, where, where are the? Where in the world are these temples with the uh, ornate statues of the dogs at the entrances? Is that is that an Asian thing? Yeah, yeah, that sounds. You, you kind of expect some sort of ornamental monster creature representation Pretty at big. all of the. At, you know, as you enter the uh, lobby. You're surrounded by these these fucking gar not gargoyles but you know stone representations of uh, weird animals and, and creatures and things that go bump in the night. I, I wouldn't. I mean, it frightens me the thought of it. Oh, uh, and by the way, Lee in New York tells me Ollie's trolley is uh, in, available in Cincinnati. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, well, wait a minute. Yes, I did know that because that's the, I think that's the last time I've had Ollie's. I can't remember whether it's on a trip to D.C. or, or in, because now that I hear it, I, I remember, I could almost tell you where in Cincinnati it is, because I know I've been there more than once. Ay, ay, ay. I'm just, now I'm just salivating all over. Oh, that. I know. I know. It, I'm, I'm, you know, the I, device. I don't and know. I'll, sit, I'll, I'll, I'll get done with the program and go things. munch merrily on a piece of lettuce or something. Jeez. Well, Although I did find a thing. God, I'm so grateful. Uh, there's a brand of, and it's in the dairy section, there's a brand of rice pudding called Cozy Shack. And they make a no-sugar-added rice pudding. You can't tell it's sugar-free. It has this beautiful vanilla flavor, this creamy custard to it. Speaking of custard. And it has five grams of carbs, and I've become absolutely devoted to. Uh, I have one of the little ton, tiny cups every night before bed, and that makes me happy. That satisfies, you know, that 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 sends the that sends the sweet tooth into remission. And but I'm 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 actually, you know, I, I sound like I'm pissing and moaning. I'm not. I'm actually looking forward to getting back to healthiness and and. Dropping some weight and yeah, you because know, you know, if I could get down to 190, well, I weighed 186 is, when I left for college. The trick is getting it from a regimental thing into just a normal thing that you don't think twice about, and that's why I was never successful on any diet. But when I started eating more sensibly, uh. That made all the difference because it wasn't a have to sort of thing. It, I've, I've, I've it was, if, it's, if it becomes a want to, then it's a, it's easier to maintain. Well, I'm yeah, looking, you, you know, 
I you and see I, the benefits of it. Yeah. And then you know that you're not burdening yourself in any inordinate way. And it just that, that sort of feeds into the, you know, the good behavior. I have uh, I have bacon every couple of mornings, and there's you know I check the label. You know, a long time ago, Todd said that Food Lion brand bacon is the bomb, and he's right. It is, no sugar in it, beautiful flavor. Um, I don't like my bacon all you know ossified and hard and crispy. I like it chewy. Um, and so every couple, sandwich, sandwich quality. Uh, yes. Bacon. Yes. Yeah, like a BLT or a And you know, I can I could I could have a BLT on that keto bread. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for that. I'm gonna do that soon. Um tried to eat it yesterday, I was very good. I had uh, I had a, a little mini for the brunches at Tamarack they do every Sunday they do chef's choice quiche and their little individual quiches. So I ate the quiche out of the out of the crust, didn't eat the crust. It was delicious. And had a little piece of trout with lemon brown butter on it. That's wonderful. Loved it. See if see if you if you can if they'll allow you to have uh, that Ezekiel bread because I don't know what the hell's in it. I think everything it, it, the recipe somehow is from the Bible. It's listed in the pages of the. No, it would probably catch fire. It would probably go up in flames the minute I opened it. But no, I'm telling you, there's no better toast in the world. Than a piece of Ezekiel bread, moderately toasted, not burnt to a crisp, but like medium brown. Yeah, just a just you know, somewhat golden. With with a little butter and a little honey on it, I'm telling you, it'll take you home. Ooh, that sounds so good. I've got, I've gotten very fond. I, I bought uh, whole milk, plain yogurt, no no sugar, no nothing, and uh, got some blackberries and raspberries, and put the raspberries in the bottom of the bowl, hit them with about. Oh, four packs of Splenda, and then put the yogurt on top of it and start smashing the berries and working it together. And it's absolutely oh, delicious. I love that. Good. I mean, a lot of these things I don't mind. It's just there's something about being told, I, I, being told I can't have something. You know, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a two year old when it comes to that. Yeah, well, that was why I remember when I was in junior high, I got to be a. What, what at the G.C. Murphy Five and Dime, I used to have to shop at the young age of 12 and 13, the Husky uh, department, you know, which is another polite way of saying fat ass. Come on over here, fat ass, and we'll see if we can fit you, you know. And I, I didn't uh, I didn't like being in that category. And I remember one summer I went on. Somebody had given me a copy of, of what Weight Watchers was doing back in those days. And I found that th- there, were, there was a list of prohibited stuff that you could never have under any circumstances. But a lot of it was stuff I wouldn't be eating anyway. You know? And I, I forget how much I dropped. But I, when I went back to school, I had all new clothes because the other stuff w- would hang on me. It wouldn't fit me anymore. I don't know what's happened to me since. I guess the ravages of time have just ganged up on me, and I'm just a shell of my former self. But you keep doing the right thing with your diet, and you're, you know, taking your measurements. Yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all fresh out of vices. Well, yeah, I and mean, see that uh, there's something about the vice-free life that 
I don't know. No, I, I'm I afraid guess. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out to the mailbox one day and there's gonna be a it won't be like I ordered it or ordered it or anything. It'll just be a there'll just be a nun's habit in a package there waiting. Oh dear. So what would your nun name be? Sister Mary uh, <laughs> uh Evangeline? No I don't know. Sister Sister Susie Bariatricus. Bariatricus, okay, I like that. That's the patron saint of uh, hungry people. <laughs> hungry people. <laughs> well, don't be don't be like Sister Tarsisius, my no, second grade. No, teacher, no, no. We know about Sister Tarsisius. Who farted on the magazine that my mother sent to school with me that had the nice Christmas story, the Family Circle magazine, or whatever the hell it was. And I kept pestering her, and she she deliberately took it off the desk, put it onto her wooden chair, and sat on it. And as I was turned and walking away, I heard this sound like ripping a fabric window shade lengthwise. It's the longest <laughs> fucking spark that I ever came out of a human being. I've heard dogs do it, but I've never It just went on and on. And you just don't think of nonsense. <laughs> especially foghorn sort of flatulence, which is like ships would be directed into port. By the sound of this coming up. Well, you know, I was thinking about having a little snack when the when the end of the show came, but that's that ship has sailed. Speaking of fog horns, well, let's let's end this with some uh, with another with another example of MLK Day commemoration by a really gross white right wing asshole. Oh God! Horn Family Community Congregation. I give you little. Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby Benny Shapiro, the guy who doesn't understand oh, why his wife never gets wet. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm married. I've got a wife. She never gets wet. The greatest cell phone in the history of the entire internet. So today he said, every MLK Day we are treated to a bevy of think pieces on how the only way to achieve MLK's dream is to embrace group redistributionism and racial discrimination. No, no MLK Day think pieces have ever said that. That exists only in the thin gray settlings that slosh around between Benji, Benny Shapiro's ears and pats for brains. MLK may have made such arguments in 1968, but that simply isn't the dream or the pathway we celebrate him for. Oh, shut the fuck up, you little dweeb. God, he's a he's a walking excuse to, to, to he's a walking excuse to give him a fucking swirly. Well, it didn't go well for him. Uh, somebody immediately responded, "I have a dream that you would go away and stop sharing your terrible hot takes on everything under the sun." And uh, another individual replied to him and said, "It's okay to not be racist for a day, Ben. It really is." Builds character. And then uh, a Jewish lady said, "You know, you're such a pathetic little capo." It, which he is. Little capo. <laughs> yeah. You know the people, who, the the, the yes, Jews who yes. cooperated with the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, and she she's not far from wrong on that. I mean, people that people like that, they 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 have no capacity for happiness or contentment or just let it live live and let live. There's an old tradition that needs rediscovery in some circles, don't you think? I mean, come on. Yeah. But that, that would be too much like right. They they just, they, it doesn't compute for them. 
they, uh, they, they, they're not wired correctly. They're needed. Well, it's like I've said, and you always get a kick out of it. They need to be sent in for regrouping. They need to be regrouped. <laughs> you know? Man, <laughs> their you, grooves are all out of whack. Oh, they're all cattywampus and messed up. Yes. And you you can't function <laughs> like that. God, they need to. I got I to gotta get that into my vocabulary. They need to regrooving, y'all. It, it was like that Woody Allen movie. Was it Sleeper, where he's the robot or plays the part of a robot? Yeah, I think, I think it's Sleeper. Yeah, or there is and, a robot. And, Yes, and there's, I mean, you know, they they take them in at the end of the day and they rewire them and they double check them and make sure all the components are, well, that boy needs to be regrooved in the worst kind of a way, you know? Someday i got to have a long talk with that boy. Oh, more than a long talk. Put him up on the workbench and... and, and uh, Get the regroover. The iodes and the diodes attached to like the, the, the fucking new tester machine for your tubes down at people's drugstore or dirt drug, whichever one it was. Good God. <laughs> you remember the... Oh, you, you ended this on a perfect note. And uh, I got one more for you just on the way out. Okay. Uh, headline, man going by manic arrested in bungled neo-Nazi bank robbery plot. Bungled neo-Nazi bank robbery plot. Well, there's got Brian to Tierney, age 29, of Rustburg, Virginia, was arrested last week for his involvement in an alleged plot by neo-Nazis to commit an armed robbery of a New York bank. According to court documents, Tierney and two other men allegedly planned the armed bank robbery in a chat group called the SS Screenplay Guild. That's um, not a ship. The, the plotting within... SS. Wait, the plotting within the group chat... Uh, was discussed under a ra- a razor thin facade of making a movie. Oh, the, the old make a movie ruse. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, let's go. To the when has that ever worked except in a movie? No, I only saw it. I mean, wait, isn't this kind of the plot of the producers? That's not even producers levels. This is like uh, Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. Hey kids, let's go to the barn and put on a show. Good God! <laughs> so did they get uh, pinched? Oh yeah, they've been indicted. You know, there's a picture of two of these clowns standing there with a flag with runes on it and a wolf in the middle. And where, where, what, what place was this bank in? It's got to Johnston, be- New York. That's got to be like a Bonnie and Clyde bank heist location, you know, where... He's, uh, uh, Tierney offered to make fake IDs for the group with identities he stole from people in Iowa and that he had the equipment to manufacture the fraudulent documents. Now, was there, were, were there any comments about the penmanship on the note? Yeah, well, uh, one of them eventually started talking about, well, this is a pretty foolproof plan. Yeah, bro, sounds easy, and the getaway looks clean. Clean, yes, nothing better than a clean getaway. Uh, you know, we got to let these fuckers, we got to stop letting these fuckers watch movies. They, they, they watched Kaleidoscope, and now they're all, you know, inspired. My, I, I got to watch that. I Nazis, Nazis, effing Nazis. Narzies. And by the way, on the way out, just another moment of happiness to go with your regrooving. Brother Deacon Asa says, it's easy to get all depressed about the state of the world, but look at it this way. Alex Jones owes a billion dollars to his victims. Ben Shapiro admits that he can't get his wife wet. 
and the maggots are drinking their own pee. I'd say we win. There's a lot right with the world when you look at it that way. <laughs> Stumbling around with onions in their socks. Oh, dear, sweet, merciful Jesus. <laughs> Let's get them regrooved. Yeah, wiping their, the wiping, mindset. you know, rubbing their gums with Wolverine antifungal cream. Oh, stop it! It's just scaring me again. All right, what I see by the old clock on the wall. Yeah, you're I'm watching there. the clock. I'm, yeah, we're over time. I, I, I glanced over and lo and behold, it's 5:01. So you know what that means. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, stick around on the Horn Stream at nine. Uh, Tara and I will be filling in for the one and only Mike Malloy. Oh, where's Mike? Um, he's having some uh, he's having some studio issues right now. Oh fuck! Uh, but he hopes to be back either tomorrow or See, Wednesday. He doesn't have a snake, does he? No, that's me, Scott. I'm oh, the one with the studio these, snake. These snakes, they're like uh, travelers. They're you know circuit riders, circuit riding snakes. They go to all the liberal talk shows trying to. That's a long crawl. For, it's a long crawl from the. <laughs> hills and hollers of almost level west by coal manchinia stand to the foothills of the Appalachians in North Georgia. Well, some of it's downhill. <laughs> Snakes, they, uh, they <laughs> Some they of it's downhill. It can be like a little IUD rolling down the old hill until they get to the bottom and then they're, they wiggle on up. Slither, uh, slither, slither. That's a, hey, listen, it's a snaky life, but somebody's got to do it, so... Anyway. Well, Scott, you have yourself a wonderful evening. Oh, it's been great so far. It can't get anything but better. I mean, come on. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, check you know, check your bank account. See if you've got enough to order a, order a Five Guys burger and find out what all the noise is. But see, that's the thing. I don't think it would work if you ordered it in because the only those fr- those fries start. There's a, a timer fresh. that starts the minute they hand them to you, and yeah. they and like. If it's I leave, like our five guys donuts. is in Beckley. If I leave Beckley, come in here, because Annette loves them too. Yeah. They're awful by the time they get here. Fries yeah, have a very limited shelf life. I mean, you. But it is nice because. Uh, oh, and the other thing I was going to mention about Five Guys, if you're a fan of hot dogs, it's a, it's a little secret. The hot dogs at Five Guys are freaking delicious. Expensive as you know, it's a six dollar hot dog. Are they like all beef? They're all beef, and they split them and they grill them oh, God, on the split are, open part. Oh God, those are tremendous when they're cooked that way. And you can have grill. them, you know. It, this is crazy. I get mine with mayo. I hope Tracy's not listening. I get mine with mayo and A1 <laughs> sauce and pickle relish and jalapenos and cheese. I can see the pickle relish. I can see the mayo. What else? Jalapenos? I don't know. I don't want cheese. A one, A one, and mayo. And now I've never tried A one. I'll bet you that would. Be oh, fun. it is good, and, and it just the, the mayo really picks it up, and because uh, mayo is a good thing. And the other thing, uh, when we're sitting down and eating there, I always get a couple of cups of mayo and and a few shots of malt vinegar. That's great on a French fry, believe you me. I've had it on on like. Um like Captain D's or Arthur Treacher fish malt vinegar. Oh, and malt no, no malt, malt yeah. I mean, malt vinegar on fries is wonderful, and the Belgians eat mayo on fries. And I just decided to combine the two one time, and lo and behold, 
you were you were in that you were transported to the EU. Oh yeah, I I I, 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 I declared urethra. Well, no, wait a minute. That's uh, going to have to wait till another edition of the Horn because I've got to go. In the, uh, and I do too. Got to go. Yes, we got to get out of here. Because you're doing the uh, you and uh, are doing the Mike thing. Right. Because he's down at the U Testum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Scott. the name of it. You test. I know it's and it's and yeah. it's sitting there right. It's sitting there right next to the coin star. There you go. Alrighty. You all take care. You all take right, care. Scott. You have a great night, my friend. Care. Go order your fries and burger. Uh, Get the hot good. dog. Fuck the burger. Get the hot dog. It'll be delicious. I just can almost taste it. Oh God! Don't get me started. All right. See ya. See ya. Good Bye. Night. And so that's the program. Um, I hope you had a contemplative, peaceful MLK Day. Uh, back tomorrow with Titanic Tuesday. Fundraising goal will be at 480 tomorrow. If you're part of the overnight crew, feel free to help out and help me hang on to my car and keep the lights on here. <sighs> it's a hell of a challenge. Thank you so much to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks so very much. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Uh, that would be uh, uh, Ralphs and Steve and uh, uh, Emilio and Shorty this evening. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to uh, Sparky and Roger in the chat room. Thank you to our new, uh, news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, pretty please, uh, wherever you listen to the program, like it, subscribe to it, leave some feedback, um, share it on social media. Let's build this. Let's build this community up. That's always that's always been the goal. Add more voices to the conversation, whether it's by email or social media or call, whatever. Let's get let's build the conversation because that's where the that's where the really the the, 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 the really incisive stuff happens in the discussion when it go when it when it expands beyond just mere simple statements. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people. I know the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. A proud union shop for a year now. Please stay safe. Everybody get your booster, get your flu shot, get your, uh, or wipe down your surfaces, help stop the spread of RSV. There may be an RSV vaccine by next year. That'll be great. Um, Wear your mask. It's that time again. The smart, all the all the hip smart people are wearing masks. Um, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance, 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. For God's sakes, if somebody comes stumbling and bumbling down the sidewalk toward you, saying, "Hey, you got a light." I'm gonna. I, I get to. I, I'm. I'm. I'm a free American white man. I get to smoke in the Capitol now. Avoid that dude like the plague on more more than one level because he is, and always, always, always. Gina, 
It's all for you. Later.